2: Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE.
1: This is the Opening Drive Podcast
3: on 101 ESPN. Presented by Dobbs Tire and Auto Centers.
1: what day it is
4: hump day. happy hump day great to have you with us on the opening drive on 101 oh espn God. seven o'clock your time check brought to you by clarkson jewelers an officially licensed rolex jeweler brooke is here carrie is here i'm randy matthew is here hi kids how we doing How's it going? Happy Hump day. How day it? Aren't you glad I remembered in that that split second? Did you panic right <laughs> there? I totally did. I, I totally panicked. I totally panicked. You're like, uh, wait, wait, wh- what something. day is this? Yes. Yeah. Uh, we're going to talk to Jamie Rivers later on in the show. We're going to change things around today. Jamie could join us only at 745. So we're going to move Tioli up to 730. And we're going to have a late edition of... A special 8:45 edition of the fight because uh, Bobby Tommy is going to join us coming up at 8:30. Bobby. Bobby
0: Tommy, who's that? Robert Blue Center and <laughs> Tomer.
4: Uh, Tomer and uh, opening drive member Robert Thomas is going to join us. There you go. The reason that I was uh, uh, delayed in doing this.
1: Guess what day it is, huh?
4: Hump day. Because I forgot to before we came on the air when we were all discussing. I forgot to ask you guys if you're thinking about getting your benefits done here at Hubbard Radio. It's <laughs> benefit <laughs> open enrollment.
5: I looked at the board
0: earlier. Mm-hmm. I need. We I need ready, to do this. I
5: definitely. I, I picked the wrong thing. My my deductible is. Way oh, <laughs> too So you got to change that, huh? <laughs> Oh, yeah, yeah. It's a
0: new health insurance, yeah. right? It is, yeah. Okay. Thank you for reminding us. You're that very welcome. That, sure that, that, that is take great care of you of. So to do that.
4: the late, great Chris Duncan was as kind and innocent a person as you could ever meet. And one day when we were doing the fast lane, he walked in and I asked the same question because I want to make sure that everybody gets it done. Because if you don't get it done by November 3rd, then you're kind of out of luck. And I said, Duncan, you get all your benefits stuff done? He said, what? And I said, well, your health insurance and benefits and things like vacation, all that. And he said, no, I don't, I don't know what you're talking about. And I said, I, here, let me help you out. We had a wonderful, unbelievable HR person named Amanda Kepi. And I walked him back to Amanda, Amanda and I said, here, you got to take care of Dunk with benefits. So they went through it all, and she took care of him. He came back. I said, you, "You all set?" He said, "Yeah." He said, "Randy, you got to remember." And Dunk was thirty-two, thirty-three years old at the time. He said, "You got to remember. All I ever needed to know was what time the bus was." That's it. <laughs> that, uh, so, Randy, Yeah, yeah. He had people. He he said, "I I wrote checks to clubhouse guys and knew what time the bus was, and that's all I needed to know." Randy, when I got out of when I got done playing, and
5: had to get insurance for the first time for myself at thirty-two, thirty-three mm-hmm. years old. I almost lost my mind because you got to think about it from birth to, until 18, my yeah. mother did it. Right. From 18 to 22, the University of Illinois did it. From 22 <laughs> to 32, whatever team I was playing on did it, I never knew anything. It, it was right. one of the hardest things. I'm like, what the? What is all the- <laughs> I had a panic attack. Right. Oh my God, I don't know what
4: I'm doing. <laughs> yeah. 32-year-old man. <laughs> freaking right. out. We, we don't appreciate that as not former athletes. Yeah. But you got people to take care of that yeah. stuff. So
0: I still get nervous even doing it now. So I don't know if that's, I, we, we I, I'm like, I don't want to make sessions, the so wrong make sure decision. Because whatever I did last time,
4: I'm
5: still yeah. learning, clearly. Uh, <laughs>
4: uh, speaking of group sessions, the, uh, the Diamondbacks could use a little group uh, therapy here. Yeah, 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 uh, they're down 2 nothing to the Phillies who routed them last night by a score of 10-0 in Philadelphia, where the crowds, and I love St. Louis postseason baseball crowds. They're the best. They're awesome. I don't know if they're the best anymore. Uh, Ooh. This, Ooh. Th- those Philadelphia crowds have set the bar for us next season when we're back in the playoffs.
0: Oh my gosh. I Here's the thing. You have the best fans in baseball still here. I think those mm-hmm. are some fighting words, Randy. What about the most insane fans in baseball for the Phillies? And yeah, I mean that in the most endearing yeah. way possible. So M-I-F-B. that's I- M-I-F-I-B. Most, most insane, insane fans, fans in, in, in baseball. Oh,
4: okay. And there was like a great that. piece in yeah. The Athletic, by the way, about how Philly fans have found their positivity now. They are no longer a negative fan base, and it started when the Eagles won the Super Bowl, but now th- they, they had that groundswell of support to give Trey Turner that was amazing. the standing O, and he's mm-hmm. hit like three fifty since yeah. with 18 homers or something like that. They're a different fan base than they were five years ago.
5: That, that's crazy because it, it did kind of shift for him. Y- you, When I saw that the Philly fans were applauding him and he was thinking it up like that, <laughs> I'm like, what the hell is going on mm-hmm. in Philly? I've been to Philly. I played in. This is not Philadelphia that I know. And and again, maybe it was a shift where they're like, you know what? Let's try this out. We've been doing it this way for so long. Let's try this out. And the Philadelphia Phillies, man. I normally when you watch baseball, you know, we're here in the Cardinals. We, we score ten runs. Oh, save some of those for tomorrow. Mm-hmm. They, they don't <laughs> have to save them. No. They got plenty yeah. in the tank. They got more to give. And so. It's they are playing at a different level, and it's it's fun to watch.
0: CD, was there ever an environment where you went to where the atmosphere you just even knew going in was going to be intimidating?
5: Uh, Philadelphia was one. Penn, Penn State was extremely like deafening. The Big House. Michigan wasn't wasn't that bad, but Penn Worship. State not that bad. Really, Penn State when it felt like it's a hundred thousand at night. And it, they got on all white, and I it feels that. like it's everybody is right there. Purdue also, because the fans are literally, you can reach behind the bench and give high five if you want to. <laughs> They're extremely close uh, one, in Iowa. One,
4: one time when I was in college, uh, me and a group of guys got in my 1977 Cutlass, five of us, drove up to Chicago Stadium for a Blues-Blackhawks game. We're all wearing our Blues gear. We painted our hair temporary blue. And... I'm going into Chicago Stadium it's the first time i would ever been I've been there I go to grab my wallet to get my ticket out of my wallet and one of the Blackhawks fans says you can tell he's never been here before
6: <laughs> <laughs> oh my God.
4: Yeah, we, we get up to our seats and the Blackhawks take like 5-2 league going into the third period and the Blues come back and tie the game I think we wound up losing but we were going bananas yeah. cheering for the Blues and here we are with blue hair and <laughs> uh, the, they're throwing beer at us and they're throwing stuff at us they actually had to get the Yellow jacket. At security guys to surround the five of us Are you to serious? protect us. Yeah, wow. that was intimidating.
0: Yeah, that's it's intimidating to say the <laughs> least.
5: Kansas <Yeah. laughs> yeah, City is before. another one too. The oh, yeah. okay Yeah, it, yeah. When they do the the national anthem and they all yep. say "Home of the Cheese," it, yeah, it, it's it's pretty loud. When there. the
4: greatest show on turf was going, it was amazing yeah. here. The the. And we weren't intimidating, but we were loud. A couple of people, as a matter of fact, one of the Eagles players, a defensive end that they had, I forget his name, said that this was the place he hated to play most because you couldn't hear yourself think. And then Marty Schottenheimer, who coached 10 years in Kansas City, comes here with the Chargers, and the Rams beat them, I think, in 2001, or maybe it was 2002. And yeah, because they came back, the Rams came back, and Marty Schottenheimer said, I've been in a lot of loud places, but this is the loudest venue I've ever been in. Yeah, and that's dope. what
0: everybody has to feel like yeah. going into the Phillies right now. Yeah. I mean, oh, it is no just intimidating. Doubt. They're like, in general, the they're team like right there on you. Yes, <laughs> yeah. they're right there. It, I would almost imagine what it would be like going into a Roman Col- Coliseum. Yep. You know what I mean? Where it's just like an absolutely insane, electric environment. And I just feel like the Phillies in general are just living in opponents' nightmares right now, like Freddy oh, Krueger.
4: No <laughs> doubt. Trey <And, laughs> Turner. Did didn't need the standing ovation. Everybody was on their feet last night when he stepped to the plate in the first inning.
1: Turner hits a drive, deep left center field, and the Phillies strike first again. Trey Turner, a solo shot. Weapons up and down this lineup. And the Philadelphia Phillies now with 17 homers this
4: postseason. Even then, in the first inning, you're thinking, "Uh uh-oh, for the Diamondbacks. (laughs) Then in the third, (laughs) the big boy came through.
1: Two up, two down. Six in a row for Kelly. Back to the top of the order now in Schwarber. And he sends Allen to right. Hit deep. Carroll turns,
5: and it's gone.
1: A line drive home
4: run. Schwaber is second in his many games. Two to nothing, Phillies. And to Merrill Kelly's credit, he was able to hold Philadelphia in check. It was still a two nothing game in the sixth when Schwaber stepped in again.
1: <laughs> Schwaber, Turner, and Harper will start it for the Phillies. Schwaber, a high drive into right center. He's watching. It's flying. Goodbye. Schwaber strikes again. Three to nothing,
4: Phillies. And that opened the door for a big four-run inning for Philadelphia. They went on to win a 10 to nothing. Aaron Nola, who we hoped the Cardinals would get just a few weeks ago, uh, pitched six shutout innings for Philadelphia. He ain't <laughs> oh, coming here, folks. Boy, hey, listen. Oh, he's that, the that,
5: that. Them doors are closing left and right on these starting oh pitchers. Jordan yeah. Montgomery closed the door. Aaron <laughs> hey, Nola closed the damn door. Yeah. 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 this is getting slim pickings around. That's what the is going to be on this roster in 2024. Right. Sean Mania, come on down.
0: That's a, that's a thing is that there's just Gray. Absolutely He's right there. He's, no way. There's no close way. I'm going
5: to close this door behind yeah. me. Don't
0: the Phillies are saying, yeah, you can come take him from our cold, dead hands. There you go. Right,
4: yeah. <laughs> he went six shutout innings, struck out seven, didn't walk anybody, allowed three hits. Three relievers came on and closed things out. Merrill Kelly pitched really well for Arizona. He was five and two thirds, allows three hits, but four runs. He walked three, struck out six. And now Arizona has to go back home home with Brandon Fott pitching tomorrow night. Uh, for them, and he'll go against uh, Ronny Suarez. Oh,
0: that was all beautiful. Ran- Thank you.
4: Ronny Suarez. What do
0: the Diamondbacks do at this point? And I'm being dead serious. Like, what in the world do you do at this point if you're the Diamondbacks?
4: Bradford Doolittle of ESPN.com did a piece yesterday about how the Diamondbacks are the most unlikely LCS team ever. And I was trying to dissect his piece because there was a lot of math involved, and it really made my head hurt. Um, <laughs> but he's not wrong. And what you have to do is hope for a miracle, and miracles do happen there 's no way that the two thousand and six Cardinals should have been in or won the World Series. Baseball miracles do happen, and that 's what Arizona needs to have happen
5: i I was listening to Tori Lovello after the game and said they 're not playing Diamondback baseball they aren 't doing no. the things and and when you watch the post game show with uh, with Jimmy Rollins and Curtis Grandison and albert and and Pedro they were just they were saying the same thing. There were opportunities where you had runners on, they didn't want to steal a base, they didn't want to hit and run, they didn't put themselves in positions that they normally do throughout the season. And that comes with, when you get into the playoffs, it's a different environment if you aren't accustomed. The Phillies have been there. They have gone to the, to the World Series and had the heartbreak mm-hmm. of losing it. The Phillies, in their mind, are playing with house money. We know what is at stake. We know what's here. And the Diamondbacks are here like, yeah, we're, we're happy to be here. As you said, the most unlikely team to yeah. be in yep. this position mm-hmm. And it shows. They aren't playing the way that they play to get them there. And playoff baseball can, can make or break people.
4: Now, Diamondback fans couple of points for you, and we can localize this. 1985, the Cardinals go to L.A., lose game one of the LCS to the Dodgers, 4-1, lose game two, 8-2. Then they come home, they win game three, and then Vince Coleman gets hurt. We think, oh man, this is over. But they win game four, 12-2, and then Ozzie hits a home run, go crazy, folks go crazy. Cardinals lose the first two, and then wind up winning four in a row to win the series. And one of my favorite all-time stories is... 1996 Joe Torrey's first year as manager of the Yankees and the Yankees lose game one at home to the Braves 12 to 1 and then they get shut out in game two and George Steinberg comes into Torrey's office railing we're gonna lose the World Series I'm gonna fire you and Torrey the calmest guy in the world says George George it's okay we're gonna win the next four had no idea that they would win the next four. But then they came back after being beaten by Smoltz and Maddox in games one and two. They come back and beat Glavin and Avery in games three and four. And they win four in a row. So it can happen. It's easier to have happen if you have a good team, though. Randy, it ain't going to happen this time. <laughs> no, it's Just not. Not, yeah, not, like not, like not it. with the Philadelphia Phillies. Well, you're you're going to have Wheeler and Nola again. <laughs> yeah.
5: And and Ranger Suarez is a good pitcher a as well. Pitcher, he, yeah. He's a very, very good number three. Yeah. I Good luck. Mm-hmm. No, I can tell you. Give yeah, me backs. Mean,
4: right. Tell them good him
5: luck. Tell them good luck. And, good luck. and, and, and <laughs> a great
4: run in a team that's going to—they're going to be on their way. They're—they're—they're they're, they're really young, and they have a chance to be good for a long time. So let's uh, let's give them credit for that. And, of course. Uh, yeah. So Aaron Nola's probably thirty-three million dollars a year, at least right now, <laughs> and he hasn't even pitched in the World Series yet.
0: Yeah. Well, hey,
4: that's a, if you were worried uh, about what
0: he did in the regular season, I think that all that thought process has gone down He's the really postseason. Coming up, it is
4: Wednesday. It is Hump Day, and that means it's Ask Uncle Randy Day on 101 ESPN. We've got that coming up for you next. Get your text in if you have a question about what's going on in your life and what advice we can give you 314-399-YO-HO. Ask Uncle Randy coming your way on 101 ESPN.
1: You're back to the opening drive podcast on 101 ESPN.
3: Presented by Dobbs Tire and Auto Centers.
1: Question for Uncle Randy? Let him dive into his infinite well filled with wisdom to find you answers. Text 314-399-9646. It's Ask Uncle Randy on 101 ESPN.
4: This is an important time of year. Here we are in mid to late October, and you're thinking, okay, I've got this new relationship. Are we taking this to the next level? Am I going to Thanksgiving with his family or her family? okay, what are we going to do for the holidays? These are things that you need to start thinking about right now if you're in that new and exciting and loving relationship. Do you think it's going to be new and exciting and loving for the long term? Because these are decisions you have to make. Text us 314- 399 Yo-ho! At least you don't have to make the biggest decision, alright? You don't have to make the biggest decision, okay, do I take him to a World Series game? <sighs> not in not St. Louis. No, but I mean, at least you don't have to this yes. year, because that's like Uh, Is there a bigger decision that you make In a relationship than do I take him or her To a World Series game I don't think there is Mm -hmm. A lot of commitment It is. That's probably before
0: marriage, I think. Yeah. (laughs) Right
4: right before? Okay.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Good indicator. All
4: right. So your questions, Matthew, what do you got for us? Well, I think we got a perfect one
7: considering how you just, you know, preface this. Uncle Randy, I have a Halloween party this weekend and I need costume help. My girlfriend wants to capture that Ken and Barbie craze and I want a repeat of last year. I spent a good amount of money on my costume, but she's kind of tired of doing superheroes. All right. I will suggest,
4: and I'm going to turn this over to Brooke, but I would suggest that you don't reuse something that you used last year especially if it's a superhero which are timeless now you can you can utilize and uh, take advantage of your investment by doing superheroes maybe a couple years down the road no you don't do the same halloween costume back-to-back years
0: Yeah, well, unless it was very expensive, because sometimes if it's like cosplay, that stuff can be really expensive, Mm -hmm. especially for superheroes. I think superheroes is always a pretty good bet. And with the Ken and Barbie craze, I get that because you have the Barbie movie that just came out. But I feel like, oh, they just sent a picture of their costume. Let's oh, that see. looks great. Let's
5: see what they got. The that looks really costume? good. Oh, yeah. let me check it out. Okay. Um, oh,
0: okay. That looks really good. I like it. I like it a lot. And I get the Ken and Barbie craze, but there's going to be a lot of Kins and Barbies running around what would you this say? Halloween.
5: What, what, what would you do?
0: What would I do? Yeah. I think I would repeat it. If Because it, this looks like a nice costume. And it does look expensive. Okay. It does. Now, if you're not
4: going to be with the same group of people this year that you were with last year, and then you I promise
0: you, cool. everybody's going to be Ken and Barbie.
4: Yeah,
5: right. But I think that's the fun of it is dressing up differently year after year. I I I just don't I would like to though. Yeah, I think, it's pretty cool.
0: I think if you do it, then don't do like the version oh. that I feel like a lot of people will do, which is like the mm. pink Barbie right. outfit where she's like a cowgirl and Ryan Gosling as Ken. That? Well, because it's that's the one that's like available everywhere. Oh. Maybe like do Ken when he's doing the Mojo Dojo Casa or what was that thing? I, I Did you guys see that? Um, but yeah, where he has on like the vest and all that stuff.
4: I'm good with the cowgirl girls.
0: Yes.
7: Kimmy, <laughs> <laughs> if you want to do Barbie, take the opportunity, go as Oppenheimer, wear a nice suit. Get a oh, you get go. Foot, get get, There you go. That's a good a tr- idea. You know, we, t- we don't get to wear many trilbies slash fedoras anymore in this country. And so, you know what? Take the opportunity when you get a shot.
0: Have you been waiting for your chance no, to wear don't a to fedora? I want to
7: talk about it. <laughs> Without
0: judgment. This is what's really going Brooke, on Brooke, here. Brooke. Come
7: on. I don't wear hats. Oh, that's true. <laughs> go as Newt, get get,
4: get, a, get a. You could easily go as Newt this year with your Japan jersey, Brooke. That's yeah, so. Lars Newbar.
0: Yeah, I could. Yeah,
4: But, but no, nah, you, you're not. No, I already have could. my Halloween costume,
0: I and <laughs> I made the decision for David and done.
7: <laughs> <laughs> Much like this, guys. Uh, dear Uncle Randy, my father and my father-in-law hate each other. This is a recent development. They're both refusing to spend time around each other on family vacations and holidays. What steps do I need to take <laughs> to get these two men to stay in the same room
4: for the sake of their grandkids? Thanks. Well, they don't have to be together, okay? Now, for the sake of the grandkids, you'd like to have them be together and get along, but... You don't have to take them on vacations to, together. You don't have to spend holidays together. My recommendation would be, and you, this is a little bit of a sacrifice on your part, but do one family uh, Thanksgiving and then another family Thanksgiving. And yet, same with, with Christmas or Hanukkah or whatever you're doing. Uh, I, I would suggest that you keep them apart if they hate each other. They don't need to be together. There,
0: there's something deep going on there. Yeah, there is. There's there's something. Yeah, that, That's interesting. Yeah, there's a lot to that do, story. Do do...
4: In-laws need to be together at aside from weddings with your parents.
0: No, uh, no, but I think it's helpful because this kind of sounds what? like this is affecting right.
4: And and for the, the kids, family. by the way, your kids, their grandkids. Yes, if you're going to have birthday parties, you, you just have to keep them apart. You have to be. You have to be the. Who is that famous uh, boxing ref? Mills Lane. There you go, Mills Lane. You have to be Mills Lane. <laughs> yeah. I don't know. Uh, that's an interesting question. My my suggestion would be. <laughs>
6: Oh, no. <laughs> if they, no, if,
4: if they don't like each other, you, uh, Jack Buck always used to say about somebody who fired you, you can't make them like you. You can't. You can't make them like each other. Now, the other thing you, what you can do is you appeal to your dad, have her appeal to her dad, and say, look, mm-hmm. this is childish. Thank you. Yes. It's uh, about the kids. Thank yeah, you. Let's, for let's, let's the, grow up. Yeah, for the family, but let's you, grow up.
5: It depends on, so here's the thing. Mm-hmm. I don't know, hey, probably not going to get any details, but it, if it's about some money, yeah uh, a lot of money maybe mm-hmm. I don't know I'm just spitballing it right mm-hmm. if it's about money and someone owing someone some money and it's a significant amount yeah I might have to
4: that would be we a might, problem we might yeah I might yeah.
5: fight you when I see you <laughs> especially you get you you have money that someone owes you or, mm-hmm. or doesn't give you and then you see them spending money frivolously on mm-hmm. other things I might, I might, I might, I might ruin the
4: whole point. I guarantee you. I I guarantee (laughs) you that anybody with a scintilla of intelligence (laughs) that. Is ha- has their son married to Carrie Davis' daughter. You aren't fighting Carrie. Yeah, yeah, fair you're, point. you're not. No. Leave me alone. I <laughs> don't yeah. want to fight. I just want to go about my
5: day. Come to work. Go to kids. Go home. That's all I want to do. <laughs> I'm so glad you said that though,
7: Randy. It's like, I don't know, maybe two adults can get in a room and have a conversation. Like, yeah. I don't know, adults. Uh, or yeah, that, yeah, just one good friend. You on you're right. That's a good point, Carrie. Find not some way money. to trauma <laughs> bond. Um, them. Mills yeah. Lane. <laughs> this is a fun one. Dear Uncle Randy, I recently ran into an old friend's ex-wife. She suggested we get. Together sometime. I plan on talking to him first, but what do I do if he doesn't like the idea? I've always had strong feelings for her. Ooh.
0: Oh, that was a that was a lot to unpack there at feelings. the end.
4: Um this is yeah, you've always had strong feelings a for top, her.
7: By the way, this is a top tier Uncle Randy question.
4: Yeah. Uh, okay, so uh bros first. Okay. That's,
0: <laughs> What's uh, the rest of yeah. that saying, though, Randy?
4: Yeah. Yeah, What's the, the rest of the uh, saying,
0: Randy? Don't get that's fired, Randy.
4: Don't get fired. Don't get fired.
0: I think that there's something else. Don't get fired. Yeah.
4: <laughs> uh, bro, before you go out with her. Oh, uh, um,
0: that's what the saying is. Yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah. Oh, okay.
4: So uh, oh. I, I think we, we have to be very foundational here uh, because. Did he say he's, it's his best friend or just a friend? He said it. ex He said, old, he said friend. Friend. Old. Okay, so old friend. So he's already so done not, with yeah. that friendship. They're not even yeah. friends now, well. you, I do know of a scenario in which one person is dating a friend's <laughs> ex-wife. Uh, and it's fine. I would suggest you go to your old friend first and say, Hey, uh, I ran into her. How would you feel about me dating her? And I think any rational, normal Uh, person would probably say, hell no, but hopefully your old (laughs) friend is a guy that says, yeah, I, I don't have a problem with this.
0: The fact that he but said ask, old friends. Old yeah.
5: yeah. friend as in no yeah. longer a friend that's or what it sounds older, like. If,
4: like, been a friend if, for a long time. If it's, oh. an, if it's no, That's what I was thinking, friend for a long time. If it's no longer a friend, then there's
0: yeah, you, he, no
7: holds barred. You go I for was, it. I was taking that as we've been friends. Yeah, that's
0: how I took and it. And we just
7: don't, like, hang out a lot anymore. I so, like, I still as... consider them a friend, but it's like I never see them. We
4: never really talk. But, like... I'm still, like, connected okay. well, to them. Well, nuance is a big part of this. True. If, it's, if it's somebody that you see on a regular basis, I mean, then I think you have to ask the question. If it's not, if it's somebody that you see every six months, it's an old friend, hey, how are you doing? Then it doesn't matter at all. You ask her out. okay. Uh, this is an interesting one. Uncle Randy, my
7: 16-year-old high school junior is talking to a boy with a reputation of being Ooh. a quote-unquote player. Mm-hmm. As a dad, how do I handle this? <laughs> um, ah. uh, Carrie likes this question. <laughs> <laughs> oh my
5: so, God. my daughter, lovely daughter, my daughter, my oldest daughter, is, she'll be 21 this year. So, see, she went through this in, in high school. And you, I had the most honest, realist conversation that I could have with her. And you, you just explained to her how young men are. You may have to explain to her, you were once a young man. and how your thought process was as a young man. And so, you know, always respect yourself. If you do that, you'll be fine. If you allow people to do certain things or talk certain ways or or engage you in a certain way, they will. And mm-hmm. if you don't, they won't. So set a standard for yourself mm-hmm. and don't 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 shy away from that. Yeah, be who you are who you have been taught to be, and don't let anybody else tell you anything different.
4: Right. A, a, that is a key. The other thing you have to hope is that uh, y- your daughter is hoping to become a nun. <laughs> <Uh-oh>. <laughs>
0: uh, so you just push that instead. Yeah. Say, I know a great nunnery <laughs> that we can look at. I think that's great advice, CD, because that's that's the best thing that you could do, because the worst thing you could do is say, no, yes, and so. then she says, why? You say, because I said so. Amen. And right. I think right. just leveling and being honest and saying, hey, this is my experience. I'm just trying to give you this advice because Obviously, I'm your parent and looking out for you, and I think that you may, you you try to give everybody a chance. Does
4: 16 to... year old Brooke listen to that?
0: Did I listen to would it? You li-
4: would 16 year old I, I
0: listen would... to my dad? Definitely. Okay, there was okay. no way I was going to test my my dad and my mom. <laughs> now, my dad had a very strict rule about if a boy wanted to come date me, they had to come into the house and meet him. Yeah, there yeah, was one boy yep. that was afraid to come inside the house, and my dad just sat in the house. He's like, "You're not going anywhere until he comes in." And meets me, and so I think that also says a lot about the boy too. If they're willing to do that, or girl as well, is if they're willing to meet the parents. Because what are you trying to hide? Yeah. What are you worried about? i the
5: same way. My if (laughs) if if you're first of all he he, if his grades are not to a certain level, hey son, you got to go study (laughs) instead of trying to date. No, no, no. This is this is not for you. You go you go study. You go take care of that business and then come back. Like you you have to set a standard and make sure that they are all on the same page. Okay, we
4: got one more, Matthew. Before we get to take it or leave it. Take it or leave it early today, by the way. Randy, what's your confidence level the Cardinals will sign a quote-unquote ace? Uh, my confidence level is, <laughs> I'm going to, uh, should I go A, B, C, D, F, or would you rather I go 1 to 100?
7: Uh, I, I, I like percentages. <laughs> I'm a numbers guy as we know that. Uh, okay. So give me, yeah, 1 I, one I consider 100.
4: an ace a front of the rotation guy. Yes. I consider Aaron Nola to be the only ace in this class. So I would say 3%. Uh, oh, so we're positive. Okay, yeah, cool. uh, Blake. I don't think Blake Snell, who's a five or six inning guy, he's not going to do what Aaron Nola did last night. I don't. Hey, many people yep, do uh, I, I don't think that Sonny done. Gray yeah. is going to be pitching in that. Could you imagine the way Sonny Gray would crumble <laughs> the, uh, before <laughs> Randy, that crowd I, last night? I
5: hope we. I, I. You know what? I don't know. <laughs> no, he's,
4: he's, <laughs> yes, no, he's 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 a nice little pitcher. Oh, he, my he, he is, Randy. But. Do you?
0: Oh my God!
4: Here's the thing: if you sign Sonny Gray, he is you're you're signing him to be your number one guy. Yes. You want Sonny Gray pitching in Philadelphia against Zach Wheeler in the opener of a series? Really?
5: (laughs) Really? I I, I don't think anybody wants to pitch against Zach Wheeler right now. I would take Aaron Nola against him. That's the only one. Yeah. And their teammates. Yeah.
4: Yeah, but there, there's some guys. But we we now would I would I take Dylan Cease in what I, I make our trade? Yeah, yeah, because he's got stuff. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And as great as Philadelphia fans are right now, they aren't any better than they were in 2011 when one of the coolest things ever happened. And we can get this out. We can play it later if you want. But it's Chris Carpenter talking about how in the first inning. He started playing a little game with himself and he got the first out and that loud crowd a little quieter second out little quieter little third out a little quieter comes back they're going crazy at the start of the second inning first out a little quieter second out a little quieter third out and by the end of the game they were dead Silent. quiet <laughs> and carp it wanted to play that game yeah. with the philadelphia fans carp was a man well he yeah. is a man but that's what you need to go into philadelphia all due respect to sonny gray should probably change his name from something other to... You don't want Sonny starting game one of a playoff series in Philadelphia. But all due respect to the guy, he's not going in and playing that game with himself. He's not.
0: It's always sunny in Philadelphia. It's
6: there you, go. Show. Oh, there you yeah. go. There you go. <laughs> yeah.
4: The sun gets lit up in Philadelphia. <laughs> <laughs> Implodes. Coming up, uh, we've got Take It or Leave It and we, we by the way we do appreciate your very deep personal texts to us for Ask Uncle Randy. We really enjoy that segment. But coming up, we've got an early edition of Take It or Leave It. Get your text into the Air Comfort Service text line 314-399-9646. 314-399. Yo ho. Tioli next on 101 ESPN.
6: The smartest way.
4: Warm weather means homework for homeowners. If your homework means a new deck, turn to the deck experts at Hackman Lumber. Browse the largest inventory of decking materials and deck accessories in Missouri at Hackman Lumber Company.
1: Talk with their experts about treated lumber, cedar, timber tech, trex, Evergreen,
4: and AZEC to find the best deck for you. Check out endless choices of railings, balusters, and LED deck lighting options. Hackman Lumber Company will not be undersold on in-stock decking materials, guaranteed. You can choose to do it yourself with Hackman's expert advice or they can recommend reputable contractors to do the work for you. Hackman Lumber St. Peter's is your go-to place for a huge selection of quality bedding plants, perennials, and hanging baskets. They also carry topsoil and potting mix for your gardening needs. Come visit all Hackman Lumber showrooms in St. Charles Pacific and Troy, Missouri or online at
1: hackmanstl.com.
3: To the opening drive podcast on 101 ESPN. Presented by Dobbs Tire and Auto Centers. It's time for Take It or Leave It. Want to say something? Want to put it out there?
1: you can take it if you don't set it right back get your text into 314-399-9646 and give us your take it or leave it
3: brought to you by gloria Lou realty visit gloria has and start packing that's my final offer take it or leave it <laughs>
4: Jamie Rivers coming up next year on 101 ESPN. Brooke, Carey, Randy, and Matthew Kidson. Did you see in the Chargers game the other night the intense Chargers fan? The uh, the woman Uh, who was going crazy. And a lot of speculation that she was either a paid actor or an AI bot. And uh, her name is Marianne Doe. And she says, No, I'm just an intense Chargers fan. I'm always that way. But Monday Night Football found her and showed her a lot. Take it or leave it, the other LA team would do well to hire some paid actors or get an AI bot Mm -hmm. as fans. Didn't take they
0: have that? Yeah, I'll take did. it. Yeah. yeah. They, they, they
4: paid people to come to a pregame show a few years ago. And right in the middle of the Fox pregame show where they paid people to come <laughs> out and be Rams fans is a giant St. Louis flag. Oh, my <laughs> God. Well, <laughs> well take
6: Hopefully.
4: it or
0: leave it, too. I think that that's pretty bad if people put a conspiracy around that if you actually mm-hmm. have true fan, fans or not.
5: Oh, yeah. They, that's... They, they, they're struggling in terms of like when you watch Charger games you see more of the opposing team's fans I mean that tends to happen Mm -hmm. when you move a team from one city to another and so you don't have the same fan base that that the San Diego Chargers have that they they don't have that in LA and it's it's unfortunate. They got, a, they got a pretty good team, but a, not a good team at the same time. <laughs> no, right. And, and, and they don't have
4: – that just seems so unrealistic because they just don't have that level of passion for the Chargers. By the way, Marianne Doe grew up in Minnesota. She's also a Vikings fan. She said, you don't need to be a one-team person. I, I
5: did see – I thought I saw her with yeah. a Vikings jersey on with yeah. the same intense look. Yeah. That was intriguing.
7: I, the report I saw on that is that her son plays for a team called the Vikings, so she bought a Vikings jersey and she goes to his games with Vikings paint on her face because wow. yeah. she's just a football fan yeah. like she that. Did yeah. up. She uh,
4: said, told TMZ though that she lived in Minnesota for 20 years before moving to LA and became a, Vi- a Minnesota Vikings fan too. Very well, done. there's
0: nothing
5: wrong with nothing that. Nothing wrong with having a couple of teams you cheer for. You wouldn't cheer for the Vikings mm-hmm. this year, so you know. Yeah, I understand it. <laughs> um, we were talking about starting pitchers and, and trying to figure out. You know what they are going to do, take it or leave it. The, the Cardinals must trade for Dylan Cease because, as you said, Aaron Nola, um, well, Shohei is not there. You, you mm-hmm. got you, who was the other Jordan Montgomery just made 27 million, 25 million. Cardinals aren't going to probably be able to, no. Get. And
4: the Yankees apparently are going, going to go. be interested yeah. in him.
5: Mm-hmm. They, the, they must trade for Dylan Cease. I'll take it.
0: I'm going to take it, too, because at this point, you're just going to have to do that. And I have a feeling, a gut instinct, that probably Sonny Gray will be coming, too, but I feel like that's still not sufficient enough Mm -hmm. for your starting rotation.
4: Sonny came home. (laughs)
0: Yeah, <laughs> Take it or leave it, guys. Um, yesterday at the Blues practice, it was very intense, uh, very hard practice. And Jordan Kyrou and Brayden Shin got in a little bit of a shoving match. A kerfuffle? A kerfuffle, if you will. Mm-hmm. There you go. Take it or leave it. That's actually a good thing because you know what happened the last time there was a fight at a practice mm-hmm. with yeah. the Blues? The Stanley yep. Cup was right around the corner.
4: Bortuzzo and Sanford, right?
0: Yes. Come now after that me, Sanford. Sanford. That was not was shoving around. That was a literal fight. Now, <laughs> yeah. this one was more shoving around between Braden Shen and Jordan Cairo. Probably Braden Shen just really showing, like, hey, I'm mm-hmm. the captain, bud.
4: Yeah. And, hey, let's pick it up here, buddy. I'm the captain now. Yeah. Yep. We, I'm, we, the we, captain. We, <laughs> I'm the captain. <laughs> you you <laughs> practice how you, exactly. play, you play <laughs> how you practice. So, I'll take it. Yeah, that's good. <laughs> All right, Matthew, what do we got on the text line?
7: Take it or leave it. With newtbar and Aronado in Japan watching Yoshi start, they're trying to recruit him. Take it.
0: I'm going to take it, I guess. Yeah, I'll take is it. Is he a, is he a number 1? Oh, Yamamoto? Yeah. Yeah. Or were they talking specific Yeah, they were talking about Yoshi, right? Yeah. <laughs> um cuz also Shota Emanaga, we talked to Lars about him too. I think there's definitely some recruiting, but Yamamoto's going to be expensive. I mean, 200 million likely for him. Plus and the he's thing. the
4: one that's compared to Darvish, yes. right? Yes. And you, Darvish, in his first year in the United States of America, 16-9 with a 3.9 and 391. If you could get that sort of a performance out of a guy in his first year from Japan, that would be awesome. Hmm. I'd take it. Yeah. Take it or leave it.
0: The
7: talk of Molina coming into coach is a front office ploy to draw good pitching, and their hope is to bring back Monty.
4: Uh, I don't think it's a ploy. I can't take the whole thing. I well, I would say their hope is to bring back Monty. And I would think that there would be people that are intrigued by the idea of Yadi or Molina being on the coaching staff. But pitchers used to want to come here because Yadi was their catcher. Yeah. Yes.
5: And you're not going to... Sign until you know he signed. If that's what mm-hmm. you're looking right. for, like it, you can talk about it all day. It, it, where's the when is the ink dry? You got to be I mean, let me know. You got
4: to have your coaching staff set yeah. by the end of the World Series. Yes.
0: Yeah, and then there was also a report that came out last night out of Puerto Rico where a reporter talked to Yachty a few days ago, and he said he confirmed that those reports are true, and that he's in talks, and that it would happen sooner rather than later. But they're still figuring out maybe if that is going to be something that happens with him with a role either in management on the coaching staff. If not, then he's just happy to help. From Puerto Rico,
4: hmm, that's, I'm glad he's happy to help.
0: Yeah, any help yeah, would he be great. Yeah, we can just
4: have uh, FaceTime with Contreras.
0: Oh, be good. yeah, there you go. Yeah, he Does he want to FaceTime with the whole team too? Yeah, <laughs> that'd be fun. <laughs> Weekly FaceTimes.
7: Take it or leave it. The Phillies' offense buzzsaws all the way to the World Series win. Take it.
0: <sighs>
2: cool. Take it.
5: Um, it feels that way. The, the, the offense and the pitching. Let's not leave those guys out. I don't know. If you score ten and give up zero. But yeah, I'm
0: going to have to leave it because I've been sticking by the Rangers. I still think the Rangers are going to oh, win I it all. The, I'm I all
4: in. And I, back in I, I wouldn't be surprised if Houston came back. And I yeah. I really think that because of the depth of their starting pitching, mm-hmm. I, I think I would take Houston over Philly. I think the, uh, a series between Texas and Philadelphia would be epic. I think it would be great. Yes. Because the, the best offense in the National League against the best offense in the American League. And then you have two clear-cut Top of the rotation guys, yeah. each team does. And then it comes down to what is Scherzer versus Suarez, if if indeed you're able to get your your top guys going. It'd be pretty fun. So you'd have Montgomery and Wheeler. I think that'd be really interesting. And then you'd have Ivaldi and Nola, really interesting. Scherzer and Suarez, really interesting. And then uh, you work from there. And does Philadelphia, like, do they go with Lorenzen in in a game four? And who does Texas? Do they go Dane Dunning in game four? I I think it's really an interesting, I don't know if you start Dunning in a game four. Uh, And and you have John Gray back, too. So there's a lot of different ways that uh, Bruce Bochy can go. And I have immense faith in Bruce Bochy being able to win a World Series. I don't know why, but I I think that he could. He's done it a few times. Oh, (laughs) maybe. Maybe that's it. Thank you, Matthew. It's because his voice sounds like a grizzled country singer. It just, oh, gives, he you, was gives, you, it just gives you. A, he's,
7: he's Lou Brown. Just gives you a, some kind of, like,
4: I don't know, confidence. That Let me call you tomorrow. Stories. I got to the guy on the other line. And there's some white walls. <laughs> All right. Thank you, Matthew. Coming Here up next, you. Jamie Rivers on 101 ESPN.
3: You're back to the opening drive podcast on 101 ESPN, presented by Dobbs Tire and Auto Centers.
4: our friend, Blues Analyst on Valley Sports and co-host of The Fast Lane here on 101 ESPN, the one, the only, Jamie Rivers. Hopefully, we'll be able to track Jamie down as the Blues get ready to take on the Arizona Coyotes tomorrow night. Coyotes have started off the season one and two. Brooke was over at Blues practice yesterday as they mm-hmm. get ready for this game, and they are sitting there with a 2-1, and one, or well, a 1-0-1 oh record in, in the two games played for three points. Colorado has played three. They're 3-0. Three oh. Minnesota is 2-1. and one, And Chicago has played four games. They're 2-2. Two two. So you really can't take points into consideration here. But, Brooke, what did you take out of what you saw yesterday at the Blues skate?
0: Well, it was purposely a very physical and hard practice. That's what Craig Berube wanted to see from his guys. And then that's where you had the moment with Jordan Cairo and Braden Shin just kind of getting in a little bit of a shoving match. But Ruby actually kind of likes that kind of stuff. He didn't have a problem with it when he talked about it afterwards. It was just more or less that he wants to see that physicality. And with Braden Shin, he's doing what he needs to do as a captain. Also, the other big thing of note is that Pavel Buchnevich, I think the best update possible is that he's now considered just day-to-day. He didn't skate yesterday because Ruby said that he's still feeling sore right now with his shoulder. But I think day-to-day is the best possibility. I would say that he's likely out Thursday against the Coyotes. But for now, they have... Brandon Staud staying with that top line with Robert Thomas and Jordan Cairo. and good news CD because I know this is your new favorite guy outside of Tyler Tucker mm-hmm. Alexi Torpchingo moving up into yeah. the top six role. So oh. he's going to be on that second line. And I really like that idea. And that's something that I was hoping that we would talk to Jamie. And maybe we can talk to Robert Thomas about it later, about Alexei Toropchenko, him getting that opportunity. I like that because he just brings such a physical presence. And you see him on the ice. You feel him on the ice. Yeah. We've talked about that. The guys that you notice when they're out there, Alexei Toropchenko, you feel his presence out there. I like him being in that top six group.
4: Well, he's a uh, a Baruby player. First of all, Kerry loves the size, right? Yep. He's maybe <laughs> six six three six or six five, and about two thirty, two forty. He's he's a big fella. But the other part of it is there's a lot of big players. Like Logan Brown was was a big player that didn't really use his no. size a lot, right? Toropchenko is a guy that uses his size, and that's what Baruby wants. He wants big fellas that will bang somebody, and Toropchenko is more than happy to do that.
5: Yeah, I like the fact that, I told you, I like the fact that he was a younger player willing to speak about what was going on last year, not shying away from that moment (laughs) and holding holding his teammates accountable, holding himself accountable. That, to me, is a leader, a person that doesn't matter what year you are in the league, doesn't matter if you're a rookie, a second year, 15 years, whatever it is, the standard is the standard. We all had to adhere to that, and if we're not playing to that, that? "Ah, Mike Thomas said that (laughs) 100,000 times. Uh, (laughs) We all have to adhere to it, and if we don't, we're gonna lose games, so I like that fact. And, and what Brooks said, he does show up on not just because he's a large human being; he's actually has presence when he's out there on the ice. So I think moving him up on the line to give him opportunities to to be have more time on the ice and hopefully put some uh, pucks in the back of nets.
0: So he'll be on that second line with Braden Shen and Jakub Jacob Verana. <laughs> and so I'll what be really go with here. Let's let's. I like he I want to say Yakoub, but the let's fact that he says Jacob, I'm trying that, to he respect did that, for, that for
7: but. For us. But, in yeah. uh, in the Enterprise on Saturday, they said Yakub when he nah, when, they, know, when they when they, they introduced, have, introduced him. Moon, yeah, right? introduced him coming out of the ice. Oh, yeah. So I mean, <laughs> we I, think, I think we this. then take the knowledge we have <laughs> and we run with Yaku because that's how we know it's supposed to be pronounced. Yeah. And I think we 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 spearhead. Yaku being comfortable. Hey, you don't, you don't have to change your name just for us. We can figure this stuff out. We're not that, you know, we're not, we're not, no. we're not, we're Americans, but we're not that bad.
0: I, and maybe that's his assumption <laughs> is that we just can't it's figure 100%. it out. That's kind of like Takoa Roby. Remember that yeah. whole, you know, issue that we were trying to figure yeah. with that. But um, yeah, it will be interesting to see how these lines work out. And another thing that Baruby talked about was, you know, the shot blocking and they've had 35 now through two games, but Baruby said that he feels like they still can do more. So I think that that's wow. really kind of setting the tone of his expectations with this group this season.
4: Yeah. We kind of had to have a tendency by the way to take for granted that the Blues make the playoffs almost all the time. Mm-hmm. The Arizona Coyotes have a, had a great deal of difficulty surviving in the valley. They've made the playoffs once in their last 11 years. They're playing in a 5000 seat college <laughs> arena. They had their arena plan shot down by voters last year mm-hmm. and by the way, in in Tempe, the voters voted down a plan that wasn't going to cost them any money. It wasn't going to increase taxes. So you wonder how much the general populace in Arizona likes hockey. But in the games that I've been to, they've always had a really good fan base. I think their, their hockey fan base is really strong. But, man, when you're playing in a 5,000-seat arena, it's hard to generate enough revenue to build a team like the Blues do year to year. And so even this year, Arizona... I know that they've given them remember the seven game series that we played against them in the in the 2021 yes. uh where it was we had to play them seven times in a row mm-hmm. and they gave the blues all kinds of trouble for whatever reason the blues always are given trouble by Arizona so you can't, if you're the Blues, just say, oh, it's only the Arizona Coyotes coming to town. The Blues are a team that is going to have to exhibit great effort every single night.
5: And what do you think that, I mean, obviously you've won one, lost one, both of them been in overtime. What is the thing you need to see most, other than the power play? Mm-hmm. What is the one thing you need to see most when, when when the Blues are out there on Thursday? Scores need to score, yeah. right? <laughs> exactly... Shoot the puck.
4: Yeah. Start there. Right. Yeah. And, and Robert Thomas needs to score. Kyrou has one. You haven't seen anything from Verona yet. You need to have that. You need Mm -hmm. to have Schenner step up and and score. You need to have the people that are capable of scoring, scoring. And I think one of the problems the Blues have, and Butchnevich being out early, is alarming because they don't have scoring depth like they had two or three years ago, where they had, what, 10, 20 goal scorers or Mm -hmm. something like that. They don't have that sort of scoring now. So their scorers need to score.
0: And that's just going to take more time and development. With this young core, we were talking about it yesterday, the difference between the Blues and the Dallas Stars and the Colorado Avalanche. You have that depth with the other team. You have more established scorers. And I think the Blues are still kind of building that up here.
4: Yeah. And it's experience and it's meshing with teammates in yes. the case of a guy like Verana and we know that Jordan Kyrou is going to score his 37, right? Jordan Kyrou needs to get up to about 45. He needs to score a lot more. Thomas, he needs to be a 20, 25-goal guy. He can't be a 15-goal guy. And those if you have a group of guys that score, you know, five guys that score five more than you expect them to, that's 25 goals on the season. That's a big deal.
5: They, they, I would like to see more shots on goal, more opportunities taken. Obviously, the power play not being great thus far. Get that corrected. Just, I, I don't know if it's... I don't know what it is. I don't know if it's the gelling part. Like you said, it's new players, Mm -hmm. a couple of new players figuring some things out, new systems. But all in all, just play hard and and show up because I feel like you know, you talked about uh, Shin and, and Kyrou getting into it. It's been a couple of times where you're trying to find out where Kyrou is and, and you're yeah. like looking for him. You know he's there, but is he there? Like you talk about Toropchenko, you see him and you feel his presence. You need more of a presence from Kyrou on both ends for, for this team to be successful.
4: And I don't know if this is going to happen with this particular edition of the Blues. I know the physical talent is there, but since the Blues won the Cup, generally they've gotten really good offensive production out of the blue line guys. hmm Krug should score. Pareko should score. Now, I'm not saying they should be 60-point guys. Nick Letty. Nick yes. Letty should, should be a guy that puts points on the board. And I don't know with the system set up the way it is that they're they're going to get production out of their defense, but it sure would be a benefit yeah. if you could get, for the season, 40, 45 mm-hmm. goals out of your defenseman.
5: You know who who, who could who'd, who have helped you with that?
4: Who's that? Oh, Callie, no. Rose.
0: Callie Kelly Rosen. Callie
4: Callie Rosen. There you go.
0: Oh, we'll miss him. We'll miss him. <laughs> no respect for the guy yeah. who got the
5: first goal of the blue season. Uh, Tyler Tucker is Thanks my very guy now. Away now.
0: I got to talk to Marco Scandelli yesterday, who's Ooh, with Tyler good. Tucker, and he had yeah. nothing but amazing things to say about Tyler Tucker. Very nice.
4: Kelly Rosen.
0: We'll, we'll miss you.
4: Yeah. Bowl <sighs> number 43.
0: Mm.
4: You worked oh your butt off. Had one of the best plus minus seasons in the history of the National Hockey League last year. Can't through... ask for much more, Randy. No, he was he did everything that you would have expected yeah. the Calais Rose. You know, say shoot would have the done. puck, he shoots the puck. You say play defense, he plays defense. He does it all. Yeah. Or did it all. Did it all. But you not gotta, here though. Gotta do it every year. Every year. He can do it in Springfield. <laughs> every training camp. Yeah. He will see him. He'll play a key role for your St. Louis Blues. All right. He will. Back. <laughs> All right, thanks to Jamie Rivers for that great segment here on 101 <laughs> <laughs> uh, Jamie, where, where do you think he is?
0: I saw him yesterday at yeah, practice. Uh, yeah, yeah he's a bi- he's a booked and busy man. He's
4: a really busy guy.
7: We, we changed it up on him. You know, he yeah. has he has a busy day. He's got a dentist appointment later. It's you know Some, you know I am, shout out uh, to Jamie. And by the way, on our little, uh, I don't know if you,
4: we'll do you one have, out. A, have a grid or let me no, see. No, you're here. the only one getting so, the grid. Okay, we're I'm not, the only one that gets the grid. Take a look. We're not
5: special enough to get a grid. How do you no, yeah, we, w- we might want the grid. I go right 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 wouldn't 745. 7.45, you have Jamie Rivers. It says
4: Jaime Rivers. Oh, it d- <laughs> <laughs> oh. <laughs> does. Oh. It didn't say here, here Jaime. Want, <laughs> Jaime Rivers, yeah. <laughs> so maybe that's it. Jaime, <laughs> we didn't call oh, we Jaime. Oh, we both the you wrong person. The wrong number. <laughs> <laughs> yes, yes. yes. The wrong number. There we that's go. what happened. No, don't blame Game of Thrones.
7: Is that what it is?
4: Coming up next here Jamie, 101 ESPN. What was the worst trade that's been made in Major League Baseball in the last five or six years. We'll tell you what it could be and it doesn't include the Cardinals. That's next on 101 ESPN.
3: You're back to the opening drive podcast on 101 ESPN. Presented by Dobbs Tire and Auto Centers.
4: It's 804 in St. Louis, your time check brought to you by Clarkson Jewelers, an officially licensed Rolex jeweler. And don't forget, you can watch us on our Air Alliance team studio cam. We're on the old YouTube. All you need to do is go to YouTube.com, type in 101 ESPN STL, and you can watch us do this fabulous show as well. Well, fabulous. For some <laughs> people it's not 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 everybody brooke carey and randy back in 2017 the cardinals traded sandy alcantara reigning Cy Young award winner in the national league zach Gallen, magnuria sierra and daniel castano to miami for marcel ozuna who was coming off of how this happened i don't know but he was coming off of a gold glove silver slugger <laughs> season he had 37 homers 124 rbis and 912 ops he had an unbelievable year he was one of the best hitters in the national league and actually when you look at the cardinals uh, numbers that he put up, not horrible. You you could live with what Marcel Ozuna gave you, and you would have really liked to have had him grow up. And I don't I don't know if the guy is still grown up, but uh, <laughs> he he was in, in Atlanta. He's been a a pretty good hitter, especially this year. Nine oh five OPS, forty homers, one hundred RBIs. Year before that. 23 homers, 56 RBIs. Uh, He did have legal issues that prevented him from playing the full season in 2021. But in 2020, his first year away from St. Louis, the COVID year, he led the National League in homers and RBIs and in total bases. With the Cardinals, Marcelo Zuna was 262 hitter only a 777 OPS, but hit 52 home runs, drove in 177 in his two years here in St. Louis. Now, that is a bad trade. There's no doubt about it that the Cardinals didn't get anything for Ozuna, and Alcantara is out there as a Cy Young Award winner. By the way, underwent Tommy John, will miss next season. And Gallon is going to be in the final three for the Cy Young Award this year. But man, look at what happened to the Dodgers. And the Dodgers just don't make mistakes. But on August 1st of 2016, they traded Josh Fields, uh, or they traded Jordan Alvarez, the Dodgers traded Jordan Alvarez to the Astros for pitcher Josh Fields. Now Fields was okay uh, in LA for a three-year stretch. He was uh, in 124 games, had a 2.61 ERA. But Jordan Alvarez has become one of the best hitters in all of baseball, a career 978 OPS, and 162 game averages of 43 homers and 128 RBIs. As bad as the Ozuna-Alcantra-Gallon trade looks for the Cardinals, does the Alvarez trade look even worse for the Dodgers?
0: Yeah, I. the thing is, is that the recency bias in me right now wants to say you need starting pitching— mm-hmm. And so that trade looks really bad in this moment because what are you going to have to do this offseason? Go get some starting pitching for the Cardinals. But that was just straight up highway robbery what they were able to pull off with Jordan Alvarez because it shows a defici- deficiency where the Dodgers didn't properly evaluate or know what they had because the Astros saw something in Jordan Alvarez. Obviously, it has panned out. And initially, L.A. shot down that whole trade proposal because they thought that they were asking for a Yadier Alvarez, mm-hmm. which was a yep. pitcher that they signed for $16 million out of Cuba. And they're like, no, 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 no. Wait, hear us out. We're talking about Jordan Alvarez. Mm-hmm. They're like, oh, you mean the guy that we signed for $2 million? Yeah. Yeah, sure. You can have him Mm -hmm. for Josh Fields. Sure. Yeah, we'll do this. So that shows that the Astros did a better job of evaluating and really identifying talent better than the Dodgers in the situation. That's why that one to me is way worse, because when an organization is able to one up you in that and say, we can basically scout out your guys better than you. I think that says a lot.
5: I think when you're you're looking at a trade, it's 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 a crapshoot. You never know. You, you assume you made a great trade and you're going to get something uh, in return, but you never know. I think with the Marcelo Zuna they were clamoring we needed a bat Mm -hmm. and an outfielder in that moment so you trade away a couple of guys that we haven't had an opportunity you don't know much about okay well cool those guys go on to be really really good Cy Young award winners and and in the Cy Young award uh, race and then Marcelo Zuna, who was really good then comes here and doesn't perform up to the contract or, or to the standard that you thought he would and so it's never you, – you never know. And, and that's the frustrating part with trades. I think it was a good trade at the time. As you said, people were more upset about Jose Martinez leaving than than anybody else. A
4: Rosarena, that trade, yeah. Yeah.
5: A oh, Rosarena, that's what I'm thinking of. But either way, the fact that you got Marcelo Zuna to come back, it's like, meh, you needed that at that time. It didn't go well. And sometimes, again, a change of scenery helps people. Mm-hmm. Marcelo Zuna here – Not great, Marcelo Zuna in Atlanta. It's been pretty good. So, (laughs) how do you? How do you? How
4: can you? How can you? You know, plan for that to happen. You you can't. And I think one of the things the Cardinals failed on with Marcelo Zuna was they didn't either. They were willing to bet that he was going to mature here. Or they didn't know about his lack of maturity. And as it turns out, in 2014, he had gotten into a fight. He was out with Carlos Martinez and uh, Oscar Tavares on the east side and gotten into a fight. They had to know about the lack of maturity, didn't they?
0: How did they not know about that is, is the thing. I remember when that video came out. And Marcelo Zuna, just from a clubhouse perspective, I noticed his personality kind of changed whenever that report came out. And the video, remember the video came out in the investigation with Marcelo Zuna and Carlos Martinez even though it had happened before he came remember there was some more information that came out and then marcel started to shut down after that before that he was very kind of happy upbeat with media members then once that started happening he wasn't talking to anybody it kind of felt like his demeanor changed mm-hmm. i don't know if that also affected him during his time in st louis because you're in the hmm. same area where that whole incident happened and it's hard to kind of run away from the investigation and what's going on yeah. so when you're talking about the change of scenery getting away from where that situation happened but he did get into some more trouble in atlanta yeah so So it's not exactly like he's running away from his problems. It seems like the Braves have just figured out a way to manage it Mm -hmm. a little bit better, um, which is still not great uh, in that uh, whole uh, situation.
5: Also, I mean, Atlanta, St. Louis, those are two different cities. Mm -hmm. Like Atlanta has multiple sports for you to think about, multiple things going on. St. Louis Cardinals baseball is the main focal point here. So if you are a Cardinal and you're getting into those, troubles and, and, and getting into those situations, it's probably going to be more magnified than if you're an Atlanta brave in the city of Atlanta getting in whatever trouble you now I'm not I'm not condoning any of it, but I'm just saying it's it's probably more magnified here because St. Louis Cardinals, that's kind of what everyone is paying attention
4: to. One point, Brooke, you talked about the Cardinals need for pitching and they're they're chasing starting pitching after giving up Gallon and Alcantara and, and Castano. The Dodgers Went out and traded for Mookie Betts. They went out and signed Freddie Freeman. It's been very similar. They're chasing hitting because they didn't have Alvarez in their lineup. And both teams (laughs) will wind up spending a lot more than they needed to because they traded something, young players, for not nothing but very little.
0: Yeah. Another point in somebody Texas in is that Marcelo Zuna did deal with an injury, as we remember, with the Cardinals. And so that I think there was a culmination of things that happened during his time here in St. Louis. And you mentioned the numbers. It's not bad. He was a slightly mm-hmm. above average hitter. It's just not the production that you were seeing while he was with Miami.
4: Right. And I think the Cardinals really dodged a bullet in that they didn't get Giancarlo Stanton. Because they really wanted him and they had the deal. And Stanton barely plays for the Yankees, right? He only wanted to play for, the. ironically, Mm -hmm. the four teams that had been in the LCS that year. Cubs, Houston, Yankees, uh, let's see, Houston, Yankees, Cubs, Dodgers were the four that he was willing to go to. And he wouldn't come here. He wouldn't go to the Giants. And both franchises, Cardinals and Giants, dodged a bullet by not giving up a ton of young talent for Stanton, who just doesn't play he's a great hitter when he plays but he doesn't play and by the way the Yankees had the advantage up until the last couple of years of the DH for him Cardinals he would have had to play the outfield all the time and they wouldn't have been able to go get Goldie or Arenado if they were paying and they were going to pay the full contract for Giancarlo Stanton so they got lucky there and they may have gotten lucky that that uh Ozuna did walk away from them.
5: Would you say that maybe some teams got lucky not signing Juan Soto as well, St. Louis Cardinals? Or do you feel like it's still too early to make that that distinction?
4: I think it's too early. Because
5: Cardinals would have had to give up a lot to get him. But he – I mean, I don't think he performed – as great as we thought yeah. he would coming going over to San Diego. I mean, he's cost
4: himself a few bucks. Yeah. But he might get moved again. He might get yeah. moved before during these winter meetings. He could very easily find himself in another spot. He's only 24, so yeah. he's got them. Padres
0: have overspent and now they got to dump some salaries.
4: Yeah, they do. They're going to cut, what, $50 million from Isn't, their payroll? Yeah, mm-hmm. That is today's Fresh Take on 101 ESPN. Coming up at The Athletic, Katie Wu lays out what the Cardinals are prepping for in the offseason. But even if they get what they want, is it enough? That's coming your way on 101 ESPN.
1: You're back to the opening drive podcast on 101 ESPN.
3: Presented by Dobbs Tire and Auto Centers.
4: The Athletic, our friend Katie Wu has a piece up about the Cardinals and their plans for the early weeks of the offseason. And there are several things that Katie notes that the Cardinals want to do. Number one, finalize next year's Major League coaching staff. And we'll get to the details of these in a moment. Number two, identify their preferred free agent targets. And number three, confirm which players they're open to trading. Let's start with the coaching staff because I think I've made it very clear that I think the Cardinals could do a better job of coaching their players. And Katie mentions that the Cardinals coaching staff relative to other Major League coaching staffs is pretty small. The players have complained that sometimes there aren't enough, isn't enough coaching for them, but I don't think they can only bring in numbers. I think they need to bring in quality and experience and this is one thing where bringing in Yachty makes a difference, but I don't think you can stop at Yachty or Molina. I do think the Cardinals need somebody who has the experience of working with making pitchers better through not only their approach in terms of spin rate and max effort, but Also, taking the approach of, okay, mentally I need to be tough. I need to become a horse. I need to be willing to give seven innings. And also, little mechanical issues. I got your guy, Cardinals. His name is Chris Carpenter. He's in your Hall of Fame. He was asked when he came back at the end of the season, hey, what are you doing for the Angels? He said, I'm teaching pitchers how to pitch. Hmm. And one thing about Chris Carpenter, you know he's a horse, you know he's got the attitude. I remember a story, it was, and Wayno will remember the year. We could ask Wayno about it, but there was a start in Cincinnati, early se- season start in Cincinnati, and Wayno gets knocked out early. And after he does, Carp says, hey, let's go back and look at some video. Comes back and says, here's what you're doing. Shows Wayno exactly what the issue is mechanically. I remember asking Adam. How long did it take you before you recognized what your problem was? He said one pitch. All he had to do was see one pitch on video, and he turned his season around. Chris Carpenter understood the nuances of Adam Wainwright's delivery like he does with a lot of people's delivery. Maybe it's not Chris Carpenter, but the Cardinals, I believe, would do well to get a guy that young pitchers will listen to because of his pedigree as a major leaguer and that understands not only the intricate aspects of spin rate and the analytics aspect of things but somebody who's actually done it at the major league level
5: yeah i think if you have one thing that i know for sure if you don't have enough coaches small things kind of slip through and, and get missed so if you're if you're not having and and when you have Chris Carpenter, when you have Yadier Molina, you probably don't have to pay coaches because you're paying players that are essentially coaches on the roster. So, you know, you have those guys that are there that can correct those things based on how uh, a person is is performing in that, in that moment. And so I think the Cardinals are going to have to take a hard look at themselves and say, what areas could we be better at and should we be better in going forward? Uh, the talks of bringing Yadier back in some capacity I think will be Extremely beneficial for this team because he sees and knows everything it it, it, he was the ultimate corrector He could get everything and everyone in line Mm -hmm. where they needed to be when they needed to be and your coaches didn't have to do as much So I think there was a lot of reliance on Yadier Molina over the last 20 years getting him back in the fold would help but just being better all in all I think every person Whether on the staff on the roster has to be a better version of themselves for 2024 because it just wasn't good enough Everybody, you know, from starting with Nolan Arnauto, not fielding well to start the season, not hitting well, just – Every single person has to be better for 2024.
0: And Yadier Molina coming into your organization instantly makes it better. And it gives me a little sliver of hope. I want to be high on hopium about the Cardinals this offseason. And it gives me a little sliver of hope knowing that they are pursuing Yadier Molina. I think that that's good on the Cardinals organization, recognizing that they need some more coaching depth, some more people who have been there and have done that, that have that experience. And Yadier Molina is the guy that has all that experience and also has been helping these guys in the past. Just seeing how hands-on he was, was really special. And to add some more validity to what Katie Wu and Martin Kilcoin what they reported about this, uh, I told you guys about this earlier. There was a reporter in Puerto Rico that spoke to Yadier Molina a few days ago asking him about this. And Yadi said, I had the opportunity when I went to see Adam Wainwright a couple of weeks ago to sit down with management and a few points were talked about. We hope that if something happens, it will happen soon. And if not, then I would still be willing to continue helping them when they need me while I'm here in Puerto Rico. They have the knowledge of my willingness to take a position in management or the coaching staff.
4: So that would be a huge benefit for the Cardinals. If I never thought that Yachty would want to spend that much time coaching. But if, if he's open to it, then the Cardinals can't do better. And by the way, for an organization that doesn't have an organizational catching instructor, it'd be a pretty good start. Now, the next thing that Katie writes about that the Cardinals need to do is identify their preferred free agent. Sonny Gray is at the top of their list, according to Katie. He and Aaron Nola are believed to be two of the top starting pitchers on the market, along with Blake Snell. And don't forget Yoshi Yamamoto, the right-hander. And uh, there's one other uh, Pitcher that would be available, Jordan Montgomery, whom the Yankees apparently have interest in. So the Cardinals are going to identify some potential free agents. My question would be of that group, who are the Cardinals going to be willing to pay the price for? I can't imagine, first of all. I have to believe the Phillies, especially if they win the World Series, are going to do everything they can to keep Nola around. Yes. The Dodgers are going to need starting pitching. The Yankees, as no- noted with Montgomery, are going to be in the market for starting pitching. The Red Sox, are the Cardinals going to be willing to swim in the waters with the big market teams and be willing to pay a starting pitcher? But By the way, Sonny Gray said, it's not about money for him, <laughs> it's about feeling wanted. Well, there you well,
0: go. Yeah, I'm sure money helps you <laughs> feel even more wanted, right? Because if you have a lot of money, then you feel wanted. Yeah. I think that with Aaron Nola, the Phillies are going to say, you're going to have to pry him out of our cold, dead hands, mm-hmm. just like Moselec said about a player in the past. But Bob Nightingale reported a few days ago that supposedly in the talks with the Phillies and Aaron Nola when they were looking at it, that he was wanting eight years, $200 million. If that offer comes across the Cardinals, is that something that you guys would be willing to sign up for with Aaron Nola?
4: In a blink? Yeah, I because I'm thinking that we're probably looking... At 33 million a year, rather than a 25 million dollar AAV, I think he's getting into that territory where he's 32, 33 million a year. Otani's injury and Urias's legal problems increased Aaron Nola's yes. value dramatically. Yeah,
5: because you're going to have multiple suitors as opposed to having more guys on the market. Aaron Nola is the guy right now on the market, and so. When you hear Sonny Gray say money is not the ultimate factor, I want to be somewhere one, where I want to be, where I'm wanted. That mm-hmm. sounds like a future St. Louis Cardinal for me. And I know Randy, that's not a uh, a player that you think is is a. I don't. Do you think you don't think he's a one A type of pitcher? No. You think he's a two? I think he's a two. Yeah. Okay. So then the Cardinals would, but I. I don't see where else they're going to go. Because, again, as you said, Aaron Nola is going to get paid a whole lot of money from somebody. Going to get a whole whole lot of money, an offer from someone. Blake Snell as well. And so... Can the Cardinals play in those same waters as the New York Yankees as the Los Angeles Dodgers can they play in that market with them? Are they willing to go above and beyond because that's essentially what it's going to have to be if they want to try to get Jordan Montgomery back if they want to try to go uh, Get an Aaron Ola because Philly another team gonna pay good money to keep him around are the Cardinals willing to go that route?
4: One thing Mo has done in the past by the way is make deals at the general managers meetings. He made the Hayward deal at the GM's meetings I think he might have made the Goldie deal at the GM's meetings those are set November 7th through 9th in Scottsdale this year the Cardinals might be ahead of the curve because they have players to trade and that moves to Katie's next topic which is confirm which players they're open to trading I would sooner if I were the Cardinals determine which players I'm not willing to trade
0: yeah. That and, makes your
4: life a whole lot easier, doesn't it?
0: Well, and she kind of identifies that in the article. It's the same names that you would think of, of where it seems like Paul Goldschmidt, Nolan Arnato but I'm sure a lot of different things could change. And she even mentions that. But then she brings up the names of Tommy Edmond as one of those and Nolan Gorman as being possibilities to be moved. So you do have to identify that. She also mentioned that Brendan Donovan seems like a guy that they're not going to be willing to part with. And that's been the conversation we've been having, right, is would you have to to choose between Brendan Donovan and Tommy Edmond, both very versatile utility players, essentially the same skill set, but I think Brendan Donovan has a higher upside offensively.
5: The, right. The interesting part for me is it's not about what the Cardinals are willing to trade, I mean, to a degree. It's what other teams want in return. Like, if you yeah. expect something great in return, you... Dylan Carlson, I think, is a great guy. I don't think that teams are clamoring for a guy that has been injured for the last two years. Tyler O'Neill, great baseball player, top 10 MVP candidate, win healthy. But if I have to say all of that and then say win healthy, I don't think teams are clamoring for him either. So when you're looking at what another team wants in return, I think Alec Burleson is a good guy. But is that something that a team is clamoring for to give you a number two starting pitcher or, or, or a potential ace? No. There's a few names on this list that teams will want mm-hmm. if you want something big in return. Now, if you're just trying to fill out your roster with guys that can help in different positions, yes, they may want a Dylan Carlson. They may want a Tyler O'Neill. They may be looking at a Alec Burleson or or a Juan Yepes. But if you're looking for the star, they're looking for one of your potential stars as well. So
4: let me just toss this out to you. Goldie's made it clear he wants to be here. He'll he he is going to invoke his no trade clause if they try to move him. Yes. Not sure about Arenado. I don't know about Wilson Contreras. I would think that the Cardinals would want to keep Walker at all costs, win at all costs. Is there anybody else? One of the young catchers, I'm I'm willing to move him. Uh, Donovan, I'm willing to move. Burleson, you mentioned, I'm willing to move. So I've got Walker, Win. I'm moving. I'm willing to move Tommy Edmund if I can get the right thing back. Walker, Win. Goldie. Everything else for me is open because of I don't know what is available to me. Now, is it going to cost a lot if I'm going to give up some of these guys? Yes, but those are the only three that I would. Is there a pitcher that am I I'm missing mm-hmm. here? Where you say we an untouchable pitcher? No, no. Tinkens. Yeah, I, I don't know yet. I you haven't I, seen him. Yeah. So I same
0: thing with Gord Garsofo and Michael yeah, McGreevy. I mean, know. and they would be asking for somebody like that.
5: Yeah. And, and it may be a situation in 3 years you're looking back and you got another Sandy Alcantara like, "Oh, what do we do?" Right. You 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 don't know when you're trading, but what you do know is what you need in this moment and what this team needs in this moment is starting
4: pitching. And I don't have as evidence there. I don't if I'm Mo and Gersh and the Cardinals, I don't have many untouchables at all if I can rebuild my rotation and my bullpen because I am going to be trading from my offense to supplement my, my pitching and hopefully my defense will get better too. That's one other coaching aspect of this is you or, need to find a way to get your defense
5: better. Or you can develop the guys you got and don't trade anybody. Well,
0: yeah, how about that? They, okay. they say that they, if you want to win next year, you might have to move some guys. Yeah, it's going to be you painful. Are, you and,
5: have and, to you're at going this to be point. in a situation Ho- where you're looking at guys be stars elsewhere, and you're going to be frustrated. Hopefully they'll do
0: some something. Hopefully problems. like a Josh Fields situation. Yeah, yeah. Maybe, <laughs> yeah. maybe. Maybe not.
6: <laughs> <Yep>. Coming up <laughs> to grab you. Yep.
4: The Blues play Arizona tomorrow night. Robert Thomas getting ready for practice. He'll join us next on 101 ESPN. A late fight today, by the way, here on the Opening Drive. You're
1: back to the Opening Drive podcast on 101 ESPN.
3: Presented by Dobbs Tire and Auto Centers. Inside the blues locker room what a goal by robert thomas! it's
1: time now for blues forward robert thomas on the opening drive
3: driven by pure performance the only stop for all your aftermarket vehicle needs
4: Bowl champ, Carrie Davis, Randy Carricker, and uh, during the break, Brooke asked me, she said, Randy, sh- should you still be here because you got the fight? <laughs> no, said, you no <laughs> expose me like this Randy? I said, No, we got Robert Thomas coming up. And Robert, I don't know how often you listen, but we've got a little thing <laughs> at eight thirty, usually called the fight, where I come in and answer trivia questions against a listener. My question first of all, good morning, how you doing? <laughs> Very well. <laughs> Good. Is there a player in the Blues dressing room that whether it's in the room or on a flight or on the road or in practice just has little facts, little trivia things, who's the best at that or who comes up with stuff like that? Said, Hey, did you know, for example like, hey, did you see McDavid scored his uh, 50th goal last night? The only other guy to do that is, is Player X. Is there a, a fact guy in the Blues dressing room?
8: Yeah, I would say uh, my first couple years Um, whenever I'd get to the rink, you know, a couple hours before games or whatever, we'd have snack, and it would always be, uh, you know, like Family Feud or one of those games on. Um, It was one of those hard trivia games that I would never know the answers to, but (laughs) Fortuzo and Bozak would always play, and they'd they'd be competitive against each other, so I'd say Bortuzzo would be your guy.
0: Well, Robert, congratulations, obviously, for you guys getting the first win of the season the other day. What was that feeling like helping the Blues win in the shootout victory against the Kraken?
8: Yeah, yeah, it was pretty exciting. Uh, nice to be back home playing in front of our fans, and um, yeah, it was an exciting game back and forth, and we've been in two shootouts this year, so uh, it's nice to not be able to in shootouts.
0: So just kind of describe to us how those shootout situations work out. Do you know going into that situation in that game that you likely will be the one to go or is it just right before Baruby looks at you and say, hey, go out there?
8: Uh, no, usually just kicks you on the butt and you just go. <laughs> shoot. So, uh, I didn't shoot in the one before, so I had a feeling I was probably going to be going in this one.
5: Do you like the shootout style? Do you like finishing a game, winning a, or losing a game in that manner? Uh, I'd rather, I'd rather be a goal
8: scored, but um, with with everything going on, I think you kind of can't play out the games for for as long as some of them would take without a shootout.
4: I got you. And do you know, Robert? Take us through a shootout. Are, are you thinking about what you're going to do once you get to the goalie as you're circling the puck? How do you go about planning your shot?
8: Um, I, I usually. A lot of people usually have a couple options. They they usually take a similar route on. And kind of see what the goalie's doing. Um, yeah, I got to go third, so I watched the first two and I, I pretty much knew what I was going to do before I even stepped on the ice. And um, actually, Steve Ott kind of gave me a little advice on that one um, from what he saw when, when Kyrie was shooting. So, um, you know, a lot of credit to him. I think he is one that kind of gave me that move.
5: Robert, you all played two games in a couple of days and then had a five-day layoff. How do you how do you feel about that time off and you ready to get back out there and get to not playing against your own guys but against someone else?
8: Yeah, yeah, it definitely sucks. Um, you know, you got your first two games underway pretty quickly and um, you're just ready to keep playing games. Um, it almost feels like you're back in training camp right now. Um, which kind of sucks, so... Um, we're we're itching, and um, I know we got another break coming up after the next road trip, and uh, but after that, then we're we're full steam ahead.
0: And so there was a positive uh, coming out of practice yesterday on Pavel Buchnevich. It looks like he's just day to day right now. Likely will not be playing on Thursday, but still, I think that's probably the best case scenario for him. So you guys will have Brandon Saad on the top line with you. What has that been like having Saad up there?
8: Yeah, he's someone that we've we me and Kyrie have played with a lot, and over the years, and um, he's someone that does all the little things right and and plays a hard game, so he he really compliments us, and uh, we're happy to have him on our line.
4: Uh, Robert, a few years ago, when I think it was when you guys were in the Stanley Cup run, and you guys were playing pretty much every other day, and I asked Joe Vitale about playing every other day, and he said, oh, man, this is the best because as a player, you love to play every other day, and you never have to practice. It, what did you think of that schedule? Do you like, like, the four-day uh, or four-game weeks? Is that a, a perfect setup for you?
8: Yeah. Um, yeah, he's he's bang on. Um, when you get kind of going in the season, you definitely don't want to practice, so uh, you just love the games, and um, so, yeah, it's always nice being being in the action um sometimes a a couple day break is nice just to kind of reset and give the body body a rest but um yeah playing every other day is is really nice
5: so jeremy rutherford uh reported that there was a little scuffle yesterday between kairu and and shin you uh, you care to elaborate on that a little bit and then i got a second part of the question for you after you answered that
8: (laughs) yeah um i'm not sure what what was kind of going on but uh it's nice it's uh you know, but we we've been harping on practice being competitive and physical, and especially with the breaks, you got to stay in game-ready shape. And uh, it's nice to see that, that they're competing and and going hard. So, um, yeah, there's nothing else to it really.
5: So now I know you would never be in this situation, but if you were in a bar fight, which teammates are you taking with you?
8: <laughs> uh, um. I'm gonna go with Tyler Tucker. Hey.
6: Really? Player, oh, okay. <laughs> wow. <laughs> I can see I like that. that. Yeah.
5: He's, he, he's, <laughs> a, he's a little boy. bit of an aggressive guy.
8: Yeah, I mean, I think he would always have your back, and uh, he's a good northern, northern Canadian boy. So. Um, yeah, he'd be my pick.
5: We did our superlatives last week, and uh, JR picked him as the best fighter, so he, you, you might have picked correctly. You know. so you guys are <laughs> uh, I think I picked Tyler Tucker as, no, I might have went with Toro for uh, best fighter.
0: I okay. went with Braden Shen just because I've seen right. him, but now he's a captain, so I don't I don't know. know. <laughs> I think we're waiting for you to get in a fight, Robert. Of course, we don't want that to happen, but we'll we'll yeah. see and wait, wait and see how that goes for you.
8: We'll see. We'll see about
4: that one. Hey, <laughs> <laughs> Robert, we know that you guys have a game tomorrow, but I want to look ahead because we aren't going to talk to you before you play Pittsburgh on Saturday. And you, obviously, as a hockey fan, a young hockey fan, you literally grew up watching the entire career of Sidney Crosby. What's it like for you to play against number eighty-seven?
8: Yeah, yeah, it's always really cool. Um, like you said, someone a lot of a lot of younger players in the league watched and idolized growing up, and. Um, such a special player, and uh, it's one of those things that that when you're older and you're retired and you're, you're talking to your kids, uh, you'll be like, I got to play against Sidney Crosby, and and that's really cool, and uh, it's always special uh, going out against them.
5: Robert, I, I, I like to ask players this. What was your, your welcome to the NHL moment? I'll give you mine briefly. I was uh, a rookie in the huddle in practice, and there was Peyton Manning in the huddle, Mar- uh, Reggie Wayne, Edron James, and I'm standing around the huddle. I'm in there with the entire offense, I'm thinking to myself, man, if Marvin Harrison comes in the huddle, I'm in here with the whole uh, future Hall of Famers, and and all I heard was ready, break, the play was called, and I missed everything, and so I realized, oh my God, I I, I don't know what the hell I'm doing. What was your welcome to the NHL? Moment for you?
8: Yeah, I'm not. I'm not too too sure. I think one of my first games I got to play against Jonathan Taze And growing up, he was obviously a big part of the World Juniors, and that's something I watched every year. And um, he, he was my favorite player growing up. So I got to line up against him on a faceoff, and he just won it so clean, I could have laughed. So <laughs> that was probably my moment.
4: Good. Hey, tomorrow night, as we mentioned, the Arizona Coyotes are in town. And it's been a strange, uh, during your career, strange series with Arizona because they always give you guys trouble, don't they?
8: Yeah, you know, there's always those teams that um, seem to just have have a way against you or there's teams that you play against that you, you guys just seem to, or that we always seem to, you know, be able to have success again. So um, definitely, uh, you know, one of those teams that we're always pissed off going into it because we know that they've got the better of us for for the last little while. And, um, yeah, we're, we're trying to turn the page now.
4: Well, go get them tomorrow. Have a good practice today, Robert. Thanks so much for the time, and we will talk to you next week. Yep. Thanks, guys. Thank you. That's Robert Thomas, Blues Forward, here on 101 ESPN. By the way, DeMarco always said that uh, his welcome to the NFL moment was uh, they're playing against the Rams, L.A. Rams, they're playing against the Chiefs in 1994, and uh, he is in the pile as Joe Montana is uh, <laughs> is throwing the ball, and DeMarco looks up and says, and literally says, because he DeMarco grew up in the Bay Area, yeah. Richmond, mm-hmm. California. And he looks up and says, hey, you're Joe Montana. <laughs> <laughs> That's amazing.
0: Oh, my gosh. I love that.
4: <laughs> pretty pretty incredible. Coming up here on 101 ESPN, now we're going to do?
0: Now we're going to do the fight. Okay. Now this is happening. Now, Robert Thomas threw me off this yeah. morning. I was like, what is happening here? So, do you have a fighter, Matthew?
5: Uh, no, we need a new fighter. We need a new fighter. Fight we got a lot of old beat fighters texting in. You beat down the guy yesterday. Oh, sorry.
4: Yeah. You're,
5: You're not, not sorry. I'm back, though. No, I yeah. lost one. Nobody's getting the whole Fame <laughs> on our <laughs> watch.
4: Uh, so anyway, you can text in 314-399-9646, 314 399 Yo! with your name and the word fight, and maybe Matthew will pick you for the fight next on 101 ESPN.
3: Back to the opening drive podcast on 101 ESPN. Presented by Dobbs Tire and Auto Centers. Welcome to the fight. In the red corner, average Joe
1: listener. And in the blue corner, the undisputed king of mort-
5: Welcome back to the opening drive. I'm Kerry Davis, joined by Brooke Grimsley, and it is time for the fight. And our fighter today is Tyler. How you doing, Tyler? I'm too bad. I was uh, over here doing my child thing. Fight, 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 <laughs> fight. That's what we get a lot of texts on the text line. That's what they say. Um, are you ready to take on Randy Character? Oh, yeah. All right, here we go. In their history, the Cardinals have been victorious in seven NLCSs, 82, 85, 87, 80, 04, 06, 11, 13, which is the only team they have have beat multiple times in those seven series. Is it the Astros, the Brewers, or the Dodgers?
2: Go
8: Astros. Final answer.
0: Final answer. Okay. Well, the next question. With two home runs last night, Kyle Schwarber now has 10 home runs in the LCS, tying Albert Pujols for the second most in postseason history. Which AL star has the most with 13? Is it Manny Ramirez, Nelson Cruz, or Jose Altuve? Uh,
8: Go Jose Altuve.
5: Which Mets player hit the Grand Slam single to win game five of the 1999 NLCS? Is it Roger Cedeno, Robin Ventura, or John Olerud? Uh Let's
2: go option two.
0: Final question. The Chiefs have won their division seven straight seasons. Which is the only NFL NFC team to pull off that feat? Is it the Rams, the Eagles, or the 49ers? Uh, go San Francisco
2: on this one.
7: All right, we'll double-check our score, and we'll bring
5: in Randy Carricker. Tyler, how you feel? Terrible. (laughs) Oh. I appreciate the honesty. (laughs) <laughs> was it? Uh, was for more hockey. You were hoping for more hockey, huh? Oh. Unfortunately. Rock tends to, I don't know how he does that. <laughs> I don't know if he kind of scrolls through the text line to see what words you use most often and goes with the opposite of that. If you talk a lot about hockey, I'm just no. throwing a conspiracy theory out there. What are you doing right oh, now. Just, just, you just a conspiracy, theory? man. You think, I don't know. I just picked, we just picked no, it, Tyler it's random ago. It's random. It is random. Unbelievable. He does a great job of picking it random. Likely story. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Sprinkle a little bit in there. That's how you got to do. Randy, say hello to Tyler. Tyler, good morning. How you doing? <laughs> uh, I was doing better a couple minutes ago. <laughs> <laughs>
4: good to have, have you with us, eh? I'm sorry? Good to have you with us, eh? Oh, it's good to be here.
5: <laughs> All right, Randy, here we go. Ready. In their history, the Cardinals have been victorious in seven NLCSs, which is the only team they have beat multiple times in those seven series.
4: Okay. Um... Do you want to go through these? Do it. no. Go ahead. So it. in uh, 1982, that? they played the Brewers in the NLCS. Or I'm sorry, they played the Braves in the LCS, uh, which would probably be the multiple one, right? But uh, they played in seven. Or they've won seven. Or pl- played in seven, right? One seven. They've won they've, seven. They've won, they've won, won seven. seven LCSs. Really? Yeah. You
7: can, okay. You can rattle off the seven. Sure, right, I'll, do it. I'll do it. Okay.
4: So 82, you beat Atlanta. And then you have to go all the way to 90 or no uh, 85 uh you beat the doyers uh 87 you beat the giants and then you have to move ahead to 2002 where you lost no 2000 where you lost to the braves 2002 you lost to the giants uh oh one you lost in the first round um so i'm still trying to find that uh, that team i think we might have beaten the doyers in Mm, hold on. 04, we did beat the Doyers, but was it in the LCS? Um, I think it was. Uh, so I'm, I'm probably thinking that 85 and 04? Um, oh, no, 04, we beat Houston. Sorry. 05, we lost to Houston. 06, we beat the Mets. Oh, uh, Let's see. 13, uh, 11, we beat Brewers and then in 13 um, we beat the Doyers so I'm I'm still going to go with the Doyers
0: all right with two home runs last night Kyle Schwarber now has 10 home runs in the LCS tying Albert Pujols for the second most in postseason history which AL star has the most with 13
4: this is a total coin flip between Poppy and Manny and I'm going to go with Poppy Big Poppy David Ortiz, Boston Red Sox, who had like eight in that comeback against the. Not not really eight, but it, it, felt, it felt like, like eight. In, yeah, in 04. In Which Mets
5: player hit the Grand Slam single to win game five of the 1999 NLCS? Hmm.
4: 1999 NLCS. 1999. Hmm. Was it Mo Vaughn? No. 1999 New York Mets. Nineteen ninety nine, um, so they they were they lost to the Braves in that LCS. I'm going to have to guess that it was Robin Ventura <laughs> that hit that uh, walk off uh, grand like, slam single. I Don't feel like that was a guess. Yeah. I was just throwing it out there. <laughs> it out there as
5: just kind of laying, just kind of toying with your food there. <laughs> oh. <laughs>
0: Final question The Chiefs have won their division seven straight seasons. Which is the only NFC team to pull off that feat?
4: Seven straight division championships. Okay, this is going to be between the Niners and the Cowboys. And I'm guessing that the Niners probably in that area uh, from 90, 89, 88, 87, 86, 84. I'm going to go with San Francisco because the Cowboys always had to deal with the Redskins or the Giants. The Eagles weren't great back in the day. So I'm gonna go with the San Francisco 49ers. It's my team. It was an extremely
7: close fight today. Again, just a one question winner. No blowouts in the fight today. No bludgeonings in the fight today, Carrie. I'm so Not sorry. Today. Yeah, my, I know Not how much today. you love that. Yeah, mm-hmm. you know, bang the table because you're 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 sad about it. So was Tyler able to come in here and upset Randy Carricker on historically the best day to get an upset on Randy Carriker. Those really? are those really weird hump, okay. hump days. It's Wednesdays and Fridays are, are the are the best times to get wins. So was Tyler able to pull it off, or does Randy Carricker keep cruising through the week?
1: Ring that bell. The winner and still champion of the fight, Randy Just This way, baby.
6: Ta-
7: Tyler so close Randy Carricker just edged you out 2 to 1 in today's Ooh. fight.
2: Well, I had zero confidence. So it's <laughs> <hard
7: fighting. laughs> There you go. Uh, in their history the Cardinals have victorious in 7 NLCS, 82, 85, 87, 04, 06, 11 and 13. And in fact the Dodgers are the only team they have beat multiple times that was 85 and 13 for the Dodgers, the run of those teams, it goes Braves, Dodgers, Giants. Astros, Mets, Brewers, Dodgers for the uh, Cardinals ALCS vi- uh, NLCS victims. With two home runs last night, Kyle Schwarber now has 10 tying Albert Pools for the second most of postseason history. With 13, Manny Ramirez sits mm-hmm. at the very top of Quinful. the list. Yep. Which Mets player hit the Grand Slam single to win Game 5 of the 1999 NLCS? It was in fact Robin Ventura who was bombarded at first base including one of the Mets uh, hitters doubling back because he thought it was just a single and didn't see the ball leave the stadium. <laughs> so he doubled back to pick up Robin and Ventura, and they said, yeah, yeah, that's a single now. Sorry about that. (laughs) And uh, obviously the Mets would go on to lose, as Randy said. And the Chiefs have won their division seven straight seasons. The only NFC team to pull off that feat is not the Cowboys, who did it six in the 60s and five times in the 90s, or the Niners, who did it five times in the 80s. It is, in fact, from 1973 to 1979, the Los Angeles Rams. The only NFC team to ever go seven straight, obviously. The record of all time is the Patriots with 12 straight division titles. And that is a 2-1 win for Randy Carroll. In today's fight, Tyler, thank you so much for joining the fight and joining the show today.
4: Yep, you guys have a great day. You too, to thank you. Uh, thank I you, you very much. Rams. When I said
7: the year date, that was that was impressive. With some kind of clicked in your head, like, oh, oh yeah. now 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 I yeah, got it. They
4: were always good, but they never went to a Super Bowl until '79. Yep. So the the Vikings were in their way, the Cowboys were in their way, the Skins were in their way, a couple of other teams. Mostly the Cowboys (laughs) Uh, That's the fight on 101 ESPN Coming up, the Rush Hour Reset We'll show you and tell you and let you hear What you want in a number one starter Next on 101 ESPN
3: You're back to the Opening Drive Podcast On 101 ESPN Presented by Dobbs Tire and Auto Centers We're
1: recapping the biggest sports stories of the day On the Opening Drive With a Rush Hour Reset
4: It's 9.04 in St. Louis. Your time check brought to you by Clarkson Jewelers, an officially licensed Rolex jeweler. We invite you to watch our show on the Air Alliance team studio cam. You can see Brooke. You can see Carrie. You can see Randy. Uh, you can see Brooke and Carrie and, and Matthew on the YouTube channel. Why just go. they to, want to see you? Oh, you don't want to see me.
5: Sure, they do. Randy. Yes, they do. Yeah, you know. I love you, Randy. I'm, I'm just wearing
4: my, uh, <laughs> my Ascension Charity Classic red pullover. Well,
7: today. Randy, now now people get really angry when we, we say stuff and, and we don't 100% deliver it. So they only get me like 20% of it. That's true. We need to deliver more
4: of Matthew. Uh, (laughs) Anyway, our Air Alliance team uh, studio cam YouTube channel is 101 ESPN STL. So you can watch us and we'd love to have you subscribe to our channel as well. Last night, Philadelphia rolls, just rolls the Arizona Diamondbacks 10-0. And we saw how crazy the Philadelphia fans are. And they're fantastic when things are going well. But here's the thing. And I've talked about how how I want the Cardinals to have a horse. And it's hard to find those guys. Aaron Nola looks for all the world like a horse, okay? He looks like a guy that you want on the mound in a clinching game of a playoff series or a world series. A few years ago, Chris Carpenter was inducted into the St. Louis Sports Hall of Fame and talked about, prior to 2011 Game 5 NLDS, how... He was sitting on the bus with Nick Punto and Gerald Laird and said, hey, guys, you just give me a couple runs. We're going to win the game. And then he got into the game and the crowd in Philadelphia, if you watched last night, was as bananas as it was last night. So what did Chris Carpenter do? Here's what he said.
2: And one was the bus ride the night before. Um, I remember sitting on the bus with Nick Punto and, and Gerald Laird and a couple other guys talking about it. Um, if you just give me a couple runs, I'm telling you we're going to win. Just give me a couple of runs and we'll be okay. Um, and they all looked at me like I was crazy, but I I truly believe that. And uh, the second one was uh, I've told this story many times is that Philly was loud. I mean they were super loud. I noticed in the first inning though, like every out. I'd get in out and the the decibels would come down. I'd get in out the decibels would come down. And at the end of the it, like you get the third out and it was quiet. Right, and then I go running back out on the mound in the second and the same thing. They're going crazy, waving their towels. I get in out and it, 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 the the volume would go down. So I started playing a game. To I was paying attention to the to the volume of the stands. Uh, it was a, it was a lot of fun. And then the the last one was in the ninth inning. Uh, I was sitting there getting ready at the at the uh, bat rack and Mike Eldredy who was. Uh, a coach of ours was standing there and I mean he was pacing around and he didn't know what to do with himself he, he was panicking and I just looked at him and I patted him on the shoulder and I was like Aldo that was his nickname was Aldo I was like Aldo we're okay I was like we got it I was like I promise we got it he's like you he looked at me again looked at me crazy I'm like no we're
4: good just relax man just relax that's as good as it gets that gives me chills that's the guy I want in a big game on the mound I think Philly has
5: one or two of those guys. Yeah, <laughs> I'm they looking do. at they these do. these numbers from Aaron Nola. He's got a .96 ERA this postseason with 19 strikeouts. He's pitching pretty well. I mean, Zach Wheeler is kind of he's scuffling. He's at a 2.37 <laughs> with 26 <laughs> strikeouts. What is he out there doing in three games? Yeah. But you know, those two guys at the top of your rotation, along with what they do at the plate, has been outstanding for this Philadelphia Phillies team. And it's it's you know we talk so much about how at times, people consider baseball to be boring. Well, if you want to watch some good baseball, watch Philadelphia. Yeah. Watch them play. Mm-hmm. Watch them pitch. Watch them field. They are doing everything the right way, and the Diamondbacks look lost out there.
0: They do. And that's the thing is that I would love to see for the Cardinals, and that you are talking about seeing with the Phillies, is having that two-headed monster. That is something mm-hmm. that I feel like you need at the, at the top of your starting rotation, is that. That threat. Aaron Nola was fantastic, but he looked so calm on the mound because he knew, one, that his hitter would show up, and two, just the atmosphere. They're used to that, and they played into that. Aaron yeah. was playing into that. That's why I dubbed them the most insane fan base <laughs> fans in baseball right now, and I mean that in the nicest way possible because the Phillies just look so confident and settled in in who they are, and they're just really living in opposing teams' nightmares, Freddy Krueger style.
5: I think one thing that's intriguing as well, normally you see this... Information. I mean you see this this type of uh, you know excitement or, or, or ability when you win a World Series, not when you lose. Like you, they seem like they play, they're playing with house money. They haven't won. This group hasn't won a World Series, but they're playing like when you win a championship you play a lot freer mm-hmm. than when you're trying to win your first one and and watching them you wouldn't be able to tell you would think that they are a team that has already won two or three championships and right. they're just out there having fun and doing it's not a lot of pressure the pressure isn't hasn't hit them yet and so I think just because of that that's the one thing that I'm seeing with this team is why they are so fun to watch they're not they're not in a moment where they feel like oh my god they're tensing up and and worried about they did that last year I said Kyle Schwarber trying to bunt his way on to base was a sign that yeah they 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 panicked a little bit yeah They're not doing that this year. They are dialed in. Man, I'm swinging for the fences, Kyle Schwarber, and if I miss, I miss. But if I hit it, it's gonna still be going by the time you all wake up tomorrow morning. That's the type of game that they're playing, and it's really fun to watch. Okay,
4: who do we think right now before free agency? Who's the Cardinals' number one starting pitcher that they're going to try to get? get? That 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 is on their roster right now, Miles
5: Michaels? Miles Michael.
4: Okay, so yeah does miles michaelis let's look at the american league first does miles michaelis slot in our number one ahead of either jordan montgomery or nathan nivaldi no. no does he slot in ahead of Framber valdez who struggled his last time out or christian javier no no uh certainly not philadelphia's guys right no no or gallon and um and uh merrill kelly who started last night No. no. our number one isn't the number two with the teams that are remaining? Well, he's not that's a why you got to No, uh, is he no. Rangers? One Scherzer Scherzer, 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 like yeah, he, no, yeah. no, it's Hunter Brown. No, it's no. no, it's just no, it's so that's what the Cardinals have to contend with. We talk about getting two starters or three starters. Our number one guy right now in the final four, and this is not anything against Miles Michaelis, who's fine, but he's not he's not a number 2 for any of the remaining teams. So that's what the Cardinals have to strive for this offseason is to get at least two, maybe three guys that render Miles Michael as your fourth starter.
0: Exactly. You have to go get an Aranola or I know that Yamamoto has been linked with some more other teams here lately mm-hmm. or a Yamamoto, somebody who can be your ace cuz you don't have that going in the season and what do all these other teams have? What is the commonality that they Good have? Pitch. Good pitching, really good starting pitching where you're not even worried about the bullpen. And they
4: all have stud bullpens, too, though. Exactly.
0: <laughs> but that's the thing. If your starter is giving you those type of innings, I mean, Aaron Nola, six shutout innings last night. I mean, you are. Do you even need to worry about your bullpen and what they're going to do in those situations? No, they just are there to get those final outs. But having those guys, somebody like an Aaron Nola is has to be a must. It has to be a must. And the Phillies, I don't see how they're going to let him go. But I did find that interesting. I brought up, brought up that Bob Nightingale report where he's saying that supposedly when they were having some talks that they were, he was looking for eight years, $200 million plus, while the Phillies were looking for around more four to five years. If the Cardinals hear that, are you matching that? Are you saying, okay, we'll give you the eight years, $200 million plus?
4: I don't think they will. I think in the current, and normally I, I've been, pretty much in sync with the Cardinals thinking I think this is different I think right now this year what they're coming off of what their competition is in town I think if eight years and 200 million is on the table for Aaron Nola you you got to jump all over that if you can get him for 25 million a year for eight years and I know he's 30 years old I don't think that's the number though I I think I think it's greater than that too Uh, Mm -hmm. definitely
0: that's why you have the plus sign because that can mean a multitude of things. Yeah, yeah.
4: right. <laughs> that is your Rush Hour Reset here on 101 ESPN. Oh, by the way, tonight we've got the Rangers, as Rangers and Astros Game 3, 6.30 pregame, here on your Home of the Baseball Postseason 101 ESPN. Coming up, uh, Matthew has tracked down Jamie Rivers, and Rivs is going to join us next on 101 ESPN.
1: You're back to the Opening Drive Podcast on 101 ESPN.
3: Presented by Dobbs Tire and Auto Centers. Presented by BoardWalk Hardwood
1: Floors, a proud partner of your St. Louis Blues. Find your perfect new floor at our four convenient locations and online at BoardWalkHardwood.com.
4: We anyway, always love talking to our friend, the very friendly and fun and effervescent Jamie Rivers, who is your analyst for Blues Hockey on Bally Sports. Jamie has a, a dentist appointment coming up. Good morning, sir. How you doing? Good, How are we doing? Good. How do you like the dentist?
9: Um, the dentist and I have a really unique relationship. You know, over the years... I think I've put his kids through college with all of the dental work that I've had to have done for my career in pro hockey.
4: So, is there a better dentist story than Shanny getting his lip rip, ripped open? By the way,
9: uh, wow! Uh, I had a unique one where it, it wasn't my tooth per se. Well, it wasn't my tooth that happened, but my very first American Hockey League game you know you're going down and at that time Randy it was the iron league like you got to earn your stripes and the very first game i got in a fight with a guy named Sean McCosh and i hit him with a punch and part of his tooth stuck in my knuckle oh, nice, nice. <laughs> now, i i didn't know it was in there until like the first whistle and oh. the trainer comes running over to the penalty box and he's, like, tapping on the glass. And I'm looking at the trainer going, what the hell does this guy want? You know? Oh, and so... You had to give it back. So then he, like, points to my hand. Oh. And I look at my hand, and there's a tooth stuck in my hand. So he takes the tooth out of my hand Come and puts it on. in a little safe-tooth kit. Uh. And, uh, yeah, so I thought everything was fine. I think it was a big deal. Well, I woke up in the middle of the night. And my hand was the size of my pillow at that point with infection. <laughs> wow, man. <laughs> and I had to uh, head off to the hospital. But, that, that, I mean, that's that's the most interesting thing I've had to have, have with teeth.
5: That's I, epic. That's <laughs> as good as it gets. I thought you were going to get to keep the tooth as a souvenir. I should have. You should. I should have made a
4: necklace out of it. what I should have
5: done. Yes! <laughs> That'd be so intimidating. Well, for everybody that knows, this is what I, I, this was in my hand from someone's mouth. It's with me forever. <laughs>
0: oh my gosh, that is good. Yeah, that's a good way to scare people, just having a necklace, you know, of teeth. Yes. That, that's, that's one way to intimidate anyone. Well, I want to ask you, Jamie, I saw you out at practice yesterday, and with the update on Pavel Buchnevich, he is now considered day-to-day, which I think is good news considering the possible shoulder injury that is experiencing. We likely won't see him Thursday. So there was some things that moved around. Alexei Toropchenko getting promoted, and he's going to be on the second line. And then you have Brandon Saad on the top line with Robert Thomas and Jordan Kyrou. What do you think about the way that they have shifted things around and having those guys in those roles?
9: Yeah, I like what Chief has done. I think that uh, a couple things. Brandon Saad has played with Thomas and Kyrou before. Uh, so he's used to the way they play. And one thing I like about Brandon saad on that line is he is very much straightforward. He's north-south kind of player. And Robert Thomas and Jordan Cairo, obviously, they, you know, they're a little more dynamic. So I think he simplifies that line a little bit. I think they'll have some success. Uh, now, as far as is concerned, I think he's earned the right to play on that line. You know, he's had a couple of good games. But the last game in particular, man, he was all over the place. He was blocking shots, making hits, driving the net, creating some offense. I, I absolutely loved what he brought to the game the other night against the Kraken. So, you know what, give him a chance to play on that line. I know that Craig Berube, if he doesn't like what he sees early in the game, he'll mix it up. He'll have a little bit of a revolving door on that line until he figures out what's working best. But I think it's great that a guy that works hard and plays the game the way he The team wants him to play. I think it's great he's getting the opportunity first.
5: Jamie, uh, Jeremy Rutherford reported that there was a little scrum between Brayden Shin and Jordan Cairo yesterday. Is that just a a situation where the captain is holding his guys accountable? Oh,
9: man, yeah. It was like 15 feet in front of me. I was enjoying it. I had popcorn out and everything. I thought it was fantastic. But, uh, no, look, uh, here's the thing. For a team to be successful, you have to push each other in practice. You have to. I mean, if you're not pushing your teammate in practice, how the heck is that guy going to get better for the game situations? And I think that this was a defensive zone uh, coverage drill. And, you know, Jordan Cairo may or may not have been going as hard as he should have. And Braden Shen just said, well, if you're not going to go hard, I'm going to go twice as hard, and you're not going to like this very much. And they kind of got after each other a little bit. Cooler, he- cooler heads prevailed. It was no big deal. Craig Ruby didn't even stop the drill. He just kept going. Like, that's what it's all about, man. I mean, when I played, and I know, hey, back in my day, that <laughs> one again, there were fights all the time in practice. Yeah. You know, it wasn't like a daily thing, but it was nothing to have a fight every 10 days in practice, and guys just pick up your gloves, get back to work, and you knew you were trying your hardest to get better every
5: day. It's like brothers, literally. Like, you are family, and sometimes when you have an older brother or a younger brother, sometimes you got to fight it out. And when mom comes in and says, stop it, you stop, and you all go back to what you were doing. But it, that's how you know you all are on the same page and working together for a common goal.
9: Yeah, absolutely. It's just like that. And, you know what, yesterday, about five minutes later, Cairo and Shannon are on the side of the boards talking and kind of giggling and yucking it up again. It's literally like my brother and I growing up, would fight to the death in the driveway <laughs> playing street hockey. Like, there's no way one of us is going to live. Right. Yet four minutes later, we're hugging each other and we're having a blast in some mouth. It's like it's like the world's craziest kind of ADD. <laughs>
4: <laughs> hey, Rivs, uh, this is just so recency-biased stuff, but it is being talked about. Is there anything that needs to be fixed with the Blues' power play, aside from scoring goals? From a systematic standpoint, you, you see the game better than we do. From a, a schematic standpoint, is there anything that needs to change?
9: Yeah, two things, in my opinion. One is making sure that everybody's doing the right routes on the breakout. Right now, it's like guys are cutting it short. They're kind of improvising. They're doing their own thing. And it's affecting the way that the Blues can uh, uh, positively exit their zone with control of the puck. So, you know, one thing is doing the routes correctly for the breakout and then being willing to put the puck into the offensive zone, chip it in. Right now they're trying to carry the puck in with full control every single time. And – teams are realizing that so the defensemen are just standing up at the blue line and the forwards are backing them up through the middle of the ice because they're not afraid of the puck being dumped in at all so what the blues have to do now is chip the puck in down low go get it reverse puck side spread out that penalty kill a little bit so you can gain control of it and get set up because they really haven't had any extended time set up in the offensive zone as a power play yet so those are two things that i've noticed i think they'll I think they'll be working on those for the next game.
4: So I'm watching tomorrow night on Bally and the Blues are on the power play. Tell me what looks good in terms of a route getting out of the zone on the power play.
9: Well, you can always tell when guys are either on time or off time. And all that means is when they go back, the defenseman is usually the guy who starts with the puck in the defensive zone. And when he starts his movement up the ice, everybody's back doing their routes at the same time. Got it's it. almost like a – not like a synchronized swimming, but you can see – everybody kind of coming up the ice together. You know it looks the, like in sync. And then we'll, the Blues will either do that drop pass breakout or they'll carry it in. But everybody from the from the defensive zone, their timing is correct, and they're all coming up together uh, at the same time so that they have options at that point. When it looks bad is when you've got guys that are kind of staggered and all over the place, and then they're trying to improvise and, and fill a lane, and then you don't know what you're doing because you've practiced a certain way of breaking out and then guys aren't in the same spot. So for Kerry, it'd be like you know a quarterback calling a play where you have guys lined up in a certain spot but then you've got one guy lined up in the wrong spot mm-hmm. the play looks a lot
4: different at that point yep. got it good explanation thank you
0: jamie one of the positives that has stuck out to me with the Blues so far other than jordan bennington obviously is though the blocking of the shots they have 35 block shots through these first two games to me that is a huge positive and some growth that you've seen from last season as a former player what does that mean when you see a guy doing that and how much does it just help the team
9: well, there's a couple of layers to that one. Um, one, as a team, when you see a guy blocking a shot, like, you know, you just know how much that hurts. And I don't care, you know, wearing the gear and all that. I can tell you from my own experience, it never seems to find all of the protective gear that you're wearing. And so you're, I mean, you're getting blasted with a puck from 85 to hundred miles an hour. And it doesn't feel very good. So as a team, when you see your teammate doing that, you're recognizing that that guy is laying it out for the team because you know there's ice packs involved following the game. So from a morale standpoint, it really boosts the team, seeing guys you know sacrifice of themselves. Now, from a, a schematic standpoint, you have to. In today's NHL, You know, guys shoot the puck so quickly, so often. The big slap shot is kind of gone from the game. You get it every now and then, but there's really not a lot of time to get that off. So you've got these wrist shots that come flying in there. And you've got to get sticks and bodies in the lanes. And, and to play the defensive system that the Blues are going to play, you will sacrifice passes to the point from time to time. And when you do, those pucks are going to get shot, and you've got to get big. You've got to make yourself available to be hit by the puck. And That's just the way it is. To protect the middle of the ice, you have to collapse, you have to shrink in the defensive zone. And at that point, you leave yourself susceptible for some shots from the outside, mind you. But when they come, you got to block them.
4: Rivs, love you. Thanks so much for the time. By the way, one quick story. Uh, One time uh, in the Fast Lane when I was doing it with BT, he went to the dentist and had his lip numbed, and he came in and did the whole show sounding like (laughs) Lou Holtz.
9: I actually remember that, Randy. I remember it very well. It was one of the funniest things I've ever heard in my life. (laughs)
4: It was classic. Have have a great day, and uh, thanks for joining us, and uh, we'll talk to you tomorrow. You got it, guys. Have a good one. Thanks, Jamie. The great Jamie Rivers on 101 ESPN. He, he does such a great job of breaking down yeah. hockey. For people that never played before, I never mm-hmm. played hockey. And I think I know what I'm watching, but I really don't. So if I can have him explain it to me, it's a lot better.
0: Yeah, he does a great job of that. And that's why I've enjoyed just listening to him on the broadcast. When I saw him at practice yesterday, I was like, you're here at practice, too? And you're going to do radio, and you're getting ready for the game. I'm like, do you sleep at this point? No. <laughs> He's always working. going.
4: Yeah. Booked and busy. Yeah. Coming up here on 101 ESPN, we talked earlier about Katie Wu's schedule for the Cardinals as they approach the offseason. And we want to know what you think. Is there anything they should add aside from identifying possible free agents and trades, maybe working on their coaching staff, and... Getting ready for what needs to be a really aggressive approach. You are next on 101 ESPN.
1: You're back to the opening drive
3: podcast on 101 ESPN. Presented by Dobbs Tire and Auto Centers.
4: Our friend Katie Wu has a piece up at the athletic regarding what the Cardinals are doing as they plan out the early weeks of what they say is a very important offseason. The Cardinals insisting that the 90-loss season and missing the playoffs was a one-off and it would appear from the outside that it is not going to be an easy task to turn things around. But Katie says step one is going to be to finalize next year's Major League coaching staff, suggesting that the Cardinals need to add to that coaching staff. Step two, identify their preferred free agent targets and step three, confirm which players they're open to trading let's start with number one because the Yadier Molina situation with the coaching staff continues to simmer and Yadi talked to a reporter in the Dominican or not in the Dominican Republic but rather in Puerto Rico who and Yadi said hey we've been talking about a position either in management or with uh, the coaching staff and If he's willing to do it, and that's a big commitment, by the way, because when you're a baseball coach, you get in at about 10 in the morning and you get out of there at about midnight and there's a lot of video to go through, a lot of numbers to go through, a lot of communication that needs to take place that is not an easy job. He's set for life financially, and he loves baseball, but it's not something typically that the superstar player really enjoys doing. And if he would, that would be awesome for the Cardinals. Yeah, it's a completely different
5: grind. I mean, there's the grind of playing every day and specifically playing catcher and and crouching down and wearing the gear in 100-degree weather. That's one type of grind, right? That's That's a physical grind. It takes a toll on your body, but when you become a coach and you are in there as you said, for hours before the players show up hours after the players leave that's a mental grind and then you, you don't have as, as much of a an impact on the game as you did as a player and that's probably the the most frustrating part about it as well you can do all you can do to prepare your guys but at the end of the day they have to go out there and perform so I guess him being in the front office or being uh, on the bench I think either one would be good for the Cardinals because they are in dire need of someone that has played the position at a high level that understands how to manage pitching staffs and, and can make sure that their guys are you know calling the right pitches and throwing the right pitches in the right location maybe maybe mm-hmm that would be ideal for a Cardinals team uh, for their starting pitchers and their relievers.
0: I want him to be a part of the coaching staff. I think that that's where he really thrives. We saw him manage for Puerto Rico. I just think that Yadier Molina being a part of your coaching staff, he essentially has been a part of your coaching staff it's for awkward. all this time while he's <laughs> while he's been here. He's been very hands-on working specifically with the pitchers where they didn't really even have to think much. Yadier Molina was able to walk them through so many different situations and also specifically working with the catchers too. And that's something that I think if you're looking to maximize this deal that you have with Wilson Contreras, and if you're going to keep him as your catcher, having Yadier Molina being a part of your staff, not only helping Wilson Contreras maximize that contract to get the most out of it, but also to help your pitching staff, your hitters, every single aspect of the game, Yadier Molina can be there to help with that. And that is a huge benefit. And I think that's good on the organization. If you're going to start out the offseason like this, where you're going to add Yadier Molina to your staff, to your organization, that's a home run in my book.
4: But you can't... Can't stop there. And Katie writes, St. Louis could also add positions to their staff, joining the long list of teams that employ a coaching staff in double digits. Even throughout the struggles of the 2023 season, the players backed the coaching staff, including Marmol. One of the biggest player concerns, according to sources, was that there simply wasn't enough coaching to go around. So the Cardinals would do well to provide uh, Blake Ilsley with a uh, uh, an assistant <laughs> pitching coach. Dusty? Blake? Oh, I'm sorry. Yeah, <laughs> I,
0: I like point. how there was one day where I, you really did forget what I, his name I was. Really that you? Was that you? That was, that was I, you. I, yeah, you were like, I'm yeah, hilarious. I forgot yeah, completely. I completely forgot his <laughs> name. Yeah.
4: Get, get him an assistant. Turner Ward will need a new assistant because mm-hmm. uh, their old assistant became the assistant softball coach at Mississippi State or something like that. Old Miss, yeah. Yeah, old Miss. Uh, so they do need more coaches. Now, we get a text. Uh that wonders if Yachty is a good idea. I pray that it's a no for Molina. That's the easy option. They need to take a look in the mirror at what they are doing. Yes, they do. Fundamentally, this team regressed dramatically. And they need to look at why they regressed dramatically in terms of fundamentals. And that goes back to coaching. But that is something that Yachty can help with. My point is, and I think all of us agree... Yachty would be a great addition, but you just can't stop with Yachty. You need to add to the coaching staff in several other areas.
0: Yes, it will. And I, I keep seeing these texts come in, and we have discussed this a little bit. This one coming from the 314, bringing Yachty will only cause turmoil. In the coaching staff, do we want Yachty? Yes, but only when Oli is gone. There seems to be some concern from See, the fan base that this relationship wouldn't exactly pan out well with Oli Marmal and Yachty or Molina. They worked well together last season. I I saw that. And mm -hmm. I know it's different when somebody all of a sudden gets that coaching job, but they do have that history of working together.
5: I hate the notion that people assume that Yachty would automatically – Take over the role as the as oh, the manager will. of the team. I don't I don't see. I don't agree with that. <laughs> yeah, right I don't agree because the reason why I don't agree is because that's almost assuming that Yachty is not a team player. And and
6: no. if if Yachty, we've
5: learned anything, catchers are the ultimate team players, right? For for baseball, catchers are like fullbacks and and like power forwards for for NBA teams. Like they are the the glue that holds teams together. So I feel like Yachty would understand that this is. Ali Marmal's team. He's the manager. I am here in a in an assistant coach's role to assist the head guy to make sure that we are all on the same page. I don't see. I don't foresee Yadi coming in and saying, "Okay, yeah, you brought me in to be the bench coach, or you brought me in to be the assistant pitching coach, and I'm gonna be the one making the rules or making the decisions for our manager." I, I think Yadi understands what his role is, what he will be now, if he gets elevated to that role at some point in his tenure, then that's just how things go in sports because people get fired and hired every single day. But I don't think he would come in initially with that mindset or even at any point while Ollie was
4: here. I think it's unspoken. I I just think it's a given. And I would be the same way. If, If I were in Ollie's shoes and Yadier Molina is next to me and with one out in the seventh inning, he says, hey, we need to make a change here. I'm making the change. If he says... Uh, we but need that's, to, we that's need being to, a good coach, though trusting your but, assistants. But that's the key. Yeah, you, he, Ali, needs to, and he, he does. He's open-minded, but he wants to hear a lot of voices. And I, I would, here's my point. If if I'm in his shoes and Yachty is standing next to me and makes a baseball suggestion, I'm going to take that suggestion. I'm I'm not even going to worry. If I have something that I'm really convicted about, I'm going to say, yeah, but he's smarter about baseball than I am.
5: I don't know that that's the case because I think if Bobby Cox was thinking something and Leo Mazzoni said, hey, we need to do this, I think Bobby Cox would say, hey, you know what, okay, I I trust you. I know that you have have skin in the game. You are a guy that is the same thing with any other manager in the history. If they have people on their staff Mm -hmm. that have a better view View of something or, or, or a better understanding of this specific person or this specific situation. I'm going to have to trust them to believe that they're going to be able to make the right call and help us to win this game.
0: And look, I, the thing is, is that it's the final year of Olimar Mall's contract. It's the business. It's the way that it goes. It's a business at the end of the day. So you're always going to have to be looking behind your back, especially with the way that this season mm-hmm. went. Bringing in Yadier Molina to your coaching staff Can it be intimidating? Yes. Mm -hmm. Ollie has worked with him before. And yes, you're going to still listen to Yadier Molina because if the organization's bringing him in, I think that that's what they're signaling is that they want that voice to kind of help things there. And... I mean, I think that some of the best coaching staffs that you see in all of sports has guys who could be a manager, could be a head coach. You should be surrounding yourself with guys who could possibly replace you or are just as good as you because that's what matters. That's how you get better in the long run.
4: And Yachty doesn't lose. That's one thing that we all know. The other things that... uh, Katie points out, confirm which players are open to trading. I think we've already reached the conclusion that there aren't many, that they shouldn't be willing to trade. Goldschmidt, Win, Walker, and Goldie has said that he's going to have his, he, he says he's going to be here. He, he yes. loves St. Louis. Arnato has said he loves being here, but I don't think it's a dead solid lock that the Dodgers won't come calling because the Dodgers lost in the playoffs again. And if you're the Dodgers, you want to have one of the best players in the game. So I don't think it would be out of the realm of possibility that the Cardinals would say, okay, it just didn't work if they could get, and it would take a lot for me to move him, but if they could get something worthwhile, not worthwhile, something great, then you have to consider that, and then the other one is identify their preferred free agent targets. I'm sure one of them is going to be Aaron Nola, probably priced himself out. Sonny Gray is going to be one of their preferred targets. Wonderful, that's that's great. But they're going to have to make trades too. They're going to if they're going to get that number one front of the rotation guy, they're going to have to uh, they're going to have to probably trade for him. And one other point I, I would make in regards to dealing for a guy like dylan cease who did fall off a little bit last year i've mentioned this before if you're going to add to your coaching staff you have a guy that wears a red jacket and chris carpenter's already coaching you steal chris carpenter from the angels and you put him on your major league staff not as your pitching coach but at least as your assistant pitching coach i think could you imagine having both yadi and carp in the dugout Ooh, it would be oh awesome my God. Be great
0: yes that would be huge yeah. for the organization
4: so let's do it cardinals uh, the opening drive providing you with information <laughs> hey, that doesn't cost anything.
0: Tyrus, we, we we can help with kind of feel we can do PR. Marketing. We talked we about that of, market. We yeah, we have a lot of great stuff. stuff. Me, we come up with great nicknames. Yeah. Oh, fantastic. That's key. Yes. Yeah.
4: Uh, give me one day. Give me twenty four hours. Twenty four hours is yeah. all you need? And we're back in the playoffs, baby. <laughs> Coming up it's rock and roll, and we're gonna gonna give away some tickets to a party here on one oh one ESPN.
3: Back to the Opening Drive podcast on 101 ESPN, presented by Dobbs Tire and Auto Centers.
1: Let's rock, let's rock today.
4: Hey, tomorrow morning, Greg Amzinger is going to have a great take on the potential of Yadier Molina joining the Cardinals staff. That's 730 tomorrow here on 101 ESPN. And oh, by the way, if you missed anything today, Jamie Rivers was awesome with us, as he always is. We enjoyed hearing from him. You can hear the entire show with our podcast brought to you by Dobbs and Auto Center. You can get it at 101ESPN.com or on the 101 ESPN app. And oh, by the way, 101 ESPN has your chance to score a pair of tickets to a party That's right, to see John Party with special guests Midland and Ella Langley. Saturday night at Chaffetz Arena. You can find all the ticket details at 101ESPN.com. You can buy them there, or you can just text in right now, 314 399 9646 for your chance to win free tickets. And Matthew Rocky is going to tell us the rules here for how and what you need to text in to get these John Party tickets for Saturday night.
7: All right, so grab bag giveaway. Brooke just reached her hand into the grab bag, and the grab bag isn't a grab bag. It's actually a Fenton Barn Grill hat <laughs> yes. because we love Fenton Barn Grill. We do. So why would we make it a grab bag when we have this hat? Can people see the hat? I hope people can see the hat. That's beautiful. Um, so anyway, uh, Brooke reach into the proverbial grab bag and she picked out a topic. Now she's going to have to list as many things as she can under this topic in 30 seconds and you right now can text in your guests. So Brooke reveal to the people what you're going to be guessing in today's grab bag giveaway.
0: Golf ball brand names. Oh. Brandy, did you stick Ooh, this I one did in here? I like did it a lot. <laughs> that, was, that was one of the
7: suggestions that was thrown out by the listeners. I was hoping Carrie would get that Ooh, one of the last so two or three times. Not. I was really hoping Carrie was going to pull this really one. Great. Okay,
0: here, one, here's one. the thing. I, I as you guys know, I started golfing over at family golf and learning center. They're fantastic. I did have to go do some golf ball shopping online. Mm-hmm. Okay. Not too long ago. So I feel like I know maybe some in general, but I'm definitely going to miss probably a good bit. Can now, is there her even that co- many? Uh,
4: under the radar help. Now here's the, well, book. You no, asked that.
7: Okay. I pulled okay. a bunch of lists when I put together okay. these lists so that I have kind of a rubric to kind of guess off of. I found essentially a dozen names that were the most common around golf. There's a dozen names that I could find. About eight of them are very popular. Four are the other ones that I'd barely heard of. So oh, I would God. say that's the cap is about between zero and 12 would probably be a good guessing okay, range let me, let me think about for when, most people. You, so you're doing
0: all this talking so now I'm trying to imagine I'm trying
7: what to. the golf balls look like. Um,
0: <laughs> i'm calculating okay. in so my we brain have, we
7: have plenty of guesses in so brooke if you are ready to go okay the listeners are ready to go and you have 30 seconds to name as many golf ball brand names as you can are you ready brooke grimsley yes golf balls and, are expensive by the way yes they are
0: <laughs> and go uh titlist callaway taylor made um, 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 um wilson wilson good, good. they have wilson's right because they yeah, have tennis balls. Staff, okay good. um, um the Bridgestone.
4: Perfect. five.
0: Is there one with an S? Srixen. Oh, Srixen. <laughs> there you Thank go. you. You're welcome. Uh, I already <laughs> said TaylorMade, Tylus, Callaway. I'm missing a big one, aren't I? Mm-hmm. Uh, oh, yep. I'm sorry. Dude, I okay. Right, it's yeah. good. I you good. got Six. one. Yeah, that's, that's, okay. that's the was... So
7: you got yeah, six, Brooke. Very well done. I was impressed. The ones that I had written down, and from, somehow I, I, I missed I missed Wilson here when I said 12, so there was 13. Can we
0: count the Strixen one? Because yes, I, we went, I no, was ca- right there. We're,
7: ca- there. we're, ca- right there. Yeah, we're <laughs> counting Strixen <laughs> for six. We're counting Strixen okay. for six. Br- I had Bridgestone, Callaway, Kirkland, Nike, Noodle, Pinnacle, Snell, Strixen, TaylorMade, Titleist, Top Noodle. Flight, Volvik and Wilson. Totally knew that one. Was oh, he was. a vice in there? Did not have vice in there. That was another good one. Like I said, there, was, there wasn't only 12, but those are the 12 yeah, I found good. most commonly yeah. when I was doing lists. So Brooke got six. We will find our winner here because I saw a couple sixes here. We'll find the first good six job. and uh, they're they're going to be the winner. Thank uh, well, God I tickets bought to John oh, Good job, Look, I like they that are one. They so expensive. Man, do, uh, here's the thing. The, la- the next time we have tickets to give away. <laughs> we need, a, we need, here, some, new we need some new ones. We need some new ones because here are, here are the categories that are No, left. don't give away all, all right,
0: the I categories. Tell you, I tell you, then you know what? I won't tell you. Here's the thing because we got CD and I going. With this, wait, what, what did you do with this mic?
5: <laughs> it ain't been on. It the was there from the start. That's <laughs> my fault, man. I'm, so, so oh, I'm sorry. I was doing the, I was doing I the thing with the bro. I, I, I got Nike. titles to okay, Nike. Nike. That was it. Okay, i forgot I got Nike. That's all I know. <laughs> yeah. All I know is ball, man. Oh, right. man. Okay, six is really good.
0: It's just that, that really spending money on some golf oh, balls is a uh, a lot more expensive. It is expensive. Is it bad if you just go to a golf course and, like, steal some golf balls that people is that frowned out there? Is that frowned upon? Because they're yeah. expensive. Yeah. If you find Here's golf balls
5: while you're searching for your ball, that
4: is not frowned upon. My recommendation would long be long to it's... go to Golf Discount of St. Louis, either oh, your know, O'Fallon or nice. South County locations, oh. and get their pre-owned balls that are Ooh. much less expensive than new golf balls.
7: And, Randy, we're going to talk a lot about NFL news uh, and notes tomorrow. Mm-hmm. And that, In fact, there's a lot of stuff coming out of the league meetings, but there's some breaking news coming out of the league meetings. you want to say that?
4: Oh, our buddy Roger Goodell signed a new contract through March of 2027, and so that's what you get for screwing over St. Louis. It's like $50 million a year for a few more well, years. We don't
5: know what the number is, Randy, because the NFL is no longer a uh, not-for-profit <laughs> entity. A they, not-for-profit. Are, they are a for-profit entity, which means yeah. they don't have to disclose what they're getting paid?
4: Yeah, what he's the worst. Folks. He's a liar, and it's been verified in court. Mm. He's a liar, but he's so a. I he's mean, you can get a lot of million. money he's now. A Twenty-five billion dollar a year liar. Yeah, it was, it
5: was forty-seven million.
4: I think forty-five when I yeah, was playing. Right.
5: Yeah, he's making a lot. He's, he might be up there around sixty.
4: And he he is he on record as saying that he wants before he leaves to make the NFL a twenty five billion dollar a year entity, and he probably will.
0: You know how you do that? You really protect the owners, which they do a great mm-hmm. job of. They
4: really do. Mm. Hey, franchise, mm. the the Commanders went for six plus billion dollars.
0: Roselle
7: was 63 Yay. when he retired mm-hmm. Tagliabue was 65 when he retired mm-hmm. This contract will take Goodell to 66 Is this his last contract as NFL commissioner? I would commissioner. think so, yeah Who's on dick?
4: Uh, Kevin Demoff
5: Gary Davis oh. Son of a, I swear... No way
4: well, You'd be surprised
7: <sighs> Daddy can't get him that high, can he?
4: Yes, he can uh,
7: Still? Really?
4: Mm-hmm. Yep, well, yep. He, I have he's a lot of respect for Martin, He's a politician buddy, so Starting to starting to yeah. get a little, little perturbed with him yeah. Kevin's a politician, man uh, great job today by our producer, audio engineer, the one, the only Matthew Rocchio. Pleasure. Uh, Brooke, was this fun?
0: It was. Now I'm getting all these tips for some good golf balls. So range balls? No. No? No,
4: you don't want to hit range balls on the no? course. The range balls you do not want to hit on the course. No.
0: Okay. How Nike golf that? balls? Nitro? Oh, Oh yeah, Nitro. eBay Nitro. for golf balls. There, oh, there you go. go. Yes, or there I'm are, just going to go steal one off a golf ball. There course. are some really good. There are some really
4: good bulk deals
7: on eBay. I'll take care of you. <laughs>
4: thank I, you. I know a guy. Uh, CD. Hey,
0: show us your face.
5: We want to see your face. Who said that? You want to see my face?
4: Hey, we thank you for tuning in, texting in, and being a part of the show for all of us until tomorrow morning at seven. Have a great hump day, St. Louis. That's right.